0: Welcome to the Torn and the Goblin, the Mash Those Buttons podcast about Warcraft story and lore. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm Gragthar, Torn Hunter on Skywall US.
1: And I'm Katie, Clanker Goblin Resto Shaman on Earthen Ring US.
0: And today is August 23rd, 2022, and this is episode number 151. Woo! And when we did Before Shadowlands we did our little episodes where we talked about the various characters that were featured in the shorts Mm -hmm. and we did an episode on Garrosh. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned that he was a very important character. And I think if this show had existed about maybe five years earlier than it did, basically around the time from like cataclysm through warlords, Mm -hmm. we would have had a ton of episodes on Garrosh. Like Garrosh would have been like the main character we kept coming back to on the show.
1: He's kind of the main antagonist for a lot of it, for yes. kind of like the underlying one, if nothing else.
0: Yes. But the show didn't exist then.
1: Nope.
0: The show has existed uh, now. Actually, hold on a second. Today, I said today's August 23rd. Did I not? You did. I did. Uh, hold on. Let me let me see here, because I have, when's our anniversary? I believe we may actually be like right around the time, because we came out right before Legion, which came out in August of 2016. Yeah. Yeah, so let me see here. What is our anniversary here? This would be our oh yeah, August twenty fifth.
1: Hey, we almost hit our anniversary. We have yeah, two happy days. anniversary!
0: To six years. All right. Yeah,
1: I know, right? Like jazz hands and everything. It's good six stuff. Six years, we're still ch- chugging along. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been six years since Legion. My goodness. We're not
0: we're not quite as spry as we used to be in our youth. Nope. Uh-huh. We can't get those episodes out as quickly as we used to. <sighs> or-
1: it's like our lives anyway. have changed in six years or something
0: Oh yeah right right. <laughs> well, that's that's the one funny thing to think about Is like I had the idea for this podcast Before I had my first kid And now he's in first grade And it's like you know His birthday is before this because I had the idea And then I was like well, well let's do the podcast after the kid's born And now here we are So yeah it's just funny mm-hmm. And yeah, that means like I can kind of use him as a gauge For like when this podcast is old enough to drink <laughs>
1: That's going to be an interesting day.
0: Exactly. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so the podcast is six years old, and during that six years, it's been Legion and Battle for Azeroth and Shadowlands. Mm -hmm. And who would you say has been, like, the primary ongoing antagonist in World of Warcraft for that time?
1: Hmm, I wonder. Probably definitely Thrall. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. um no i i mean i feel like it's sylvanas because i at least i think so uh they did a good job even in the very beginnings of legion right where we had the what i'm called, the, the betrayal right uh, they've been setting her up to be kind of front and center she actually what was really neat is they kind of did the same thing as garrosh where they kind of had her simmer for a while, I kind of had her as an underlying, not necessarily threat, but we we're like, we're not really sure what you're doing. And this seems a little suspect. So um, I thought that they actually did a really good job with that. We made it very like suspicious and there's a lot of intrigue into what her plans were. and I liked that. Well,
0: uh, intrigue is a very good word because I think there's been intrigue about her actions and motives and her plans, as you mentioned. For like the duration, I mean, since, since Legion, really, since mm-hmm. she, since we see her cutting that deal with Helia, but we don't know what the deal is. Right. And then like, you know, and then we see that she fails because, you know, Gray manages to, you know, break the lantern and whatnot. Jerk. but Jerk. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, there's one thing in the six years that we've been here, we, we, we're known for is uh, our love of Gray Mane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, especially in the early days.
0: Oh, yeah. Especially in the early. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, she's been a main focus. I, I think I did at one point I went back and I looked through all the sort of the cover images that I make. I mean, if you just get the show on your podcatcher, um, if you go on Twitter or you go on the mash those buttons website, you can see I, I, I pick out a little cover image. I think all podcasts do this. They pick out a little cover image for, uh, you know, each given episode. And I think I, I checked like Sylvanas had like the most cover images that we used, um, by like a two to one ratio or something.
1: That doesn't surprise me. Like honestly, she's been on almost everything. Um I there was another thing I saw recently. I'm trying to remember if it was just like the sheer amount of uh like lore videos and book covers and like all of this stuff um she's on. I think the most of them. I'm trying to remember where I saw it. I think it was on Twitter somewhere, but someone had pulled it up. They're like, "Yeah, they like Sylvanas quite a bit." And I was like, "Well, she has a lot to do. Like she's as far as one of the oldest warcraft characters that's still with us and has had a lot of lore prior to world of warcraft um she's a very beloved character i, I guess i shouldn't say that because there's a lot of characters that have a lot of lore but she's kind of been front and center with us on like you know someone like Gul'dan or something like that um and like it i don't know warcraft 3 it was interesting because you got to very you got to see her her story in a very personal way so i know a lot of fans latched on then i certainly did um, but she, we've gotten to watch her grow as a character quite significantly in the large amount of time that we've been with her uh, so I think she's very special and that makes sense to me that she's on most of like the images and books and all that kind of stuff um, and I think, in my opinion they've done a really good job making her even more interesting like she had a really interesting backstory um, but then they like actually took her character and they started to evolve her from Legion to... Um, I almost said BFA. I'm like, no, no, no. now we're in Shadowlands. <laughs> uh, but yes, wait, a little random.
2: Yeah, no, no. She,
0: I mean, her her arc, and we kind of got into that last time talking, beginning to talk about the novel. But I mean, you know, you know, she was prominent in Warcraft three, like you said, gained a massive following in Warcraft three mm-hmm. uh, for being such a strong character, and and then I think even as World of Warcraft developed, like so did she. Yes, like, absolutely. Uh, was it in uh, Burning Crusade is when you get the quest to recover the locket for her?
1: Yes, I believe so.
0: Which is referenced in the book.
1: Yes, it is. Which I was very excited because I have a, a blood elf and I've done that quest. And I was like, holy Hannah banana. They actually put it in here.
0: Which I was surprised by that. Yeah, because I kind of figured like maybe they'd. they'd- if they were going to reference it, I felt like it was going to be the kind of thing where it's like Sylvanas does something. And then like, oh, hey, an adventurer is here. And then like it was just going to f- she went to be the adventurer, like end of end scene. Like, oh, OK, like that's going on at the same time. I didn't actually expect like it was going to have like the whole thing with like her kind of like reacting and singing and everything.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I think one of the things that the book did really well, and I, I believe we talked about this uh, when we were first talking about the book, but they did a really good job explaining to us the feelings that were going on behind the scenes because Sylvanas is a very stoic character which is great because then she like I said before it creates a lot of intrigue around her because you know you don't know what she's thinking she's not forthcoming about information but it also makes it very difficult uh, to write a character like that if it's not from their perspective so I thought they did a phenomenal job just like giving us insight and uh, Christy is wonderful writer by opinion I love all of her books but I really feel like she nailed Sylvanas' character like it felt very personal like hearing Sylvanus's thoughts and like hearing her emotions on these things when outwardly you know she doesn't express it as much so well, I got really excited about all, all of those scenarios like when your character goes to interact with her or another character interacts with her but we're watching from the outside it's very special
0: well, well I think what Christy did is that she did very well Is that she took Sylvanas and it's almost like imagining like a, like a rocky, like, like looking at like a, 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 like a, a mountain profile or a mountain range in profile with all the peaks and valleys. And then she looked where the peaks were, like where there was strong characterization that had already existed Mm -hmm. that she knew she had, she had to work around that because it's core to the character. Yes. then she saw where the valleys were which effectively uh, is negative space mm-hmm. that that's where she had room to fill in and she basically turned it into like a flat skyline basically yes. where she filled in she filled in where she needed to she she kept what she had to and she made it work and and that's no easy feat
1: no um, no especially with a character that has this much history and backstory and like fan base and yeah i i will say i was very impressed I, I think this is up there in one of my favorite books like say what you want about shadowlands which i actually like shadowlands uh overall but i i thought that they did a really good job rounding her out as a character like it made me understand her more and i feel like it didn't detract from her character it truly just added to it because it, like you say like she was building in between the spaces so it didn't feel like they were taking out any big pieces of her lore instead they were just filling in the gaps and you're like, wow, it feels complete now. Like, I feel like I actually understand her and her motivations.
0: There are a few spots that I'll nitpick in a moment, but overall, Mm -hmm. I I mean, overall, I think it was very well done and I want to put it on par with, uh, William King's Illidan as far as going back and taking pre-established lore and then somehow managing to thread the needle of reworking it into a way that it makes... Not just to make sense, it makes more sense than it did then, and it actually makes what came then, it enriches the prior text.
1: Yes, it does, which is not an easy thing to do, you're
0: right. So I, I, it's it's almost to, I mean, admittedly, like Burning Crusade, like WoW was still very young. I think Blizzard was still kind of figuring out exactly how to handle the narrative stuff. And here at the Sylvanas book, you're just working with such a long history of, of details. Um, you know, I, I think it's... Uh, you know blizzard if if blizzard can learn the skill of sort of you know doing that um you know credit to them because i'm sure they'll they'll you know i mean we're going to be seeing even you know with dragonflight to a degree we're going to be seeing continual massaging of the existing lore I, I always like it when i go on reddit and i see people complaining like oh, the retconning chronicle again and it's like well, what did you expect like the like chronicle was never never going to be static like you as much as they're like oh it's a definitive lore like they're still gonna find ways around that and and ways to uh, insert stuff and oh they're gonna have to well one you know they're gonna want to put out like another chronicle like chronicle revised edition in a few years oh yeah oh yeah they
1: almost have to
0: everyone will have to buy because that's what we do but
1: but but then we'll be like aha chronicle origin original yeah we're gonna have like a separation of the fan base people like no i only like the first chronicle and you're like well this one has all the up-to-date stuff
0: well, the fan base is already separated in like eight different ways anyway. So, yeah, I know.
1: It was what's another faction,
0: right? But so we've spent years talking about Sylvanas, and in a way, we've hit a point now with the novel with 9.2.5 where we're done with her.
2: Mm-hmm. At, least that, for now.
0: at least for now, for the foreseeable future, that it's, it's not just a matter of like, oh, like her story's over, she's going back to Undercity, and like she'll still be there. You can go visit her um no like we are done with her which yeah. again is lamentable because you know i've been among patty Matson's biggest fans i think the job <laughs> she's done as voicing sylvanas has been amazing it's been great to have her so prominent the last few years
1: and the, she did the audiobook which yes amazing because yes. i wound up listening to the audiobook and that i think that was another just another layer of the massive amount of icing on this beautiful cake like just her delivering Sylvanas' voice, basically hearing the whole story from her perspective. That's was amazing. It was great. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just thought about that. I was like, man, I love that audiobook. I love when they bring the voice actors in to do their actual characters. It just brings so much life to that. The, the only
0: problem is that they have the, 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 the voice actor doing all the characters. So
1: I thought I mean,
0: the, maybe, maybe she's not doing the other characters, but like, I mean, she... No. She's still yeah, reading no, their she, dialogue. She,
1: she like, is. I was trying to remember if, um, was it before the storm? I'm trying to remember uh, Princess It That was uh, Josh Keaton. Oh, what? Anduin. Yes, yes. But, um, um,
0: oh, uh, the other one. Uh, yes. Oh, it uh, was, was Susan. Like... Yes, uh, yeah. Susan Wacoma, who did Talanji.
1: Yes, yep. Yeah, I was yes. thinking of the Princess Talonji. Yeah, uh, Shadowbringers. They, like, was it Shadowbringers? Yes. It... Uh, Shadow... I think. No, wait. Shadowbringers, isn't that Final Fantasy? Anyway, I'm sorry, a lot of the, uh, I shouldn't say that, but a lot of the novels, like, there's, like, a whole section of novels that I get confused. Shadows rising. Shadows rising, so it's, like, shadows, and I don't, I don't know, like, they all, before the storm, like, they all sound broody and and dark, and I get them all mixed up. (sighs) That was a terrible thing to say, but I'm, like, it's it's true, like, all of the covers kind of are in a similar hue in my mind, and so I'm, like, "Ah, I have trouble separating them out. Um, but anyhow uh yeah no like just her her reading it was really great and i love when they have the voice actors uh read the stories because it really brings the main character to life.
0: yes um but getting back sort of to the point it's time for us to put sylvanas to bed as it were yes that I mean, we, I don't know if you remember back, we talked so much about Sylvanas. I tried to implement like institute, like a two minute rule or whatever, where like we could only talk about her for like two minutes an episode. <laughs> <I> because <forgot. laughs> we, we talked about her too. Like and any time we'd start talking about her, we'd just go off on a tangent. We just, that would derail the episode, mm-hmm. which I like when our episodes get derailed, but not when it's always the same thing derailing the episode. Right, right. <laughs> I'm sure
1: that's. <laughs> at least have a little variety there. For everyone. Yeah.
0: So I don't just want to talk about the end of the Sylvanas book, because we did talk about the first part. I don't just want to talk about 9.2.5. Um, I don't even just want to talk about Doctor Strange, which we'll get to in a moment. Oh,
1: that's so good.
0: But I kind of want to talk about, like, you know, almost like a eulogy, not a eulogy for the character. I mean, she's already kind of dead anyway, so <gasps> oh, yeah. you're, she's uh, ha- yeah, she, I'm sure she's had her eulogies. Sorry. But... A eulogy?
1: Uh, sorry, I just had a moment where I'm like, she's undead in the Shadowlands... So is she like dead, 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 undead, dead.
0: Well, she never died, died a second,
1: second ti- right, time. Right,
0: but, but well, she she has died a second time. But she always had the she right, always had the the, the Valkyrie yeah, to yeah. bring her back. Now they're gone. But mm-hmm. she, I mean, her and Anduin, wherever Anduin went, we don't even know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had but to have some time. Anduin has not died. No,
1: no, he came. He's, he's, he's come right.
0: close a few times. He came close mm-hmm. and missed the Pandaria. Yeah,
2: with the
0: bell. Or uh, mm-hmm. Velen had to save his butt. Mm-hmm. But he has not died, so at this point, she's technically immortal—not not immortal, amortal. She is amortal, walking. She she's a, in a mortal body.
1: Y- yes, yes. Like for as much as you can call a forsaken body a well, mortal body. But th- okay, this brings about an interesting question: like, do bodies decay in the Shadowlands? Also, her body is different than other forsaken bodies so she's she's kind of like Callio, or she just doesn't fall apart i guess she doesn't decay but that's an interesting question i'm like do forsaken actively decay while they're in the shadowlands or is it like put on pause is that even like a force that exists well, there because it's the realm of death i have so many questions now
0: on the one hand time is all weird and yeah. so decay very well may not occur in the shadowlands because it is a realm of death but not decay
1: well uh, to- think of like you Uh, Maldraxxus right like it's kind of Moldy and nasty there
0: Well that's kind of the other point is that it may Very well decay because if you look at how the The abominations work there and all The little stitch flesh things that they do Where that's the whole thing Is like you have these you know these warriors come In and they're all muscular and and Beefy and then like over time you know And a lot of it is through combat and, and general Wear and tear but you know, general wear and tear kind of constitutes decay, that then they work their way down to just being the little skeleton guys that you wind up fighting. Yeah, you at know, least and- to
1: some extent, unless you get, like, a, the abomination. Although, I feel like i got to have to talk. And there's, there's, um, so there's spore caps, like mushrooms and stuff, which would kind of infer that there's some sort of decay or mold. I think there's also mold spores, but I have to. I know there for sure are mushroom spores. Uh, you have to go and kill a bunch of, like, spore things get the impression that there is rot. So maybe it might also just depend on where in the Shadowlands you are. Like that might be something that happens in Meldraxus, but for example, doesn't happen in Rivendrath. I don't
0: know. In, in Revendreth, I get, you don't get so much a sense of decay as much as you get a sense of, uh, the light just obliterating everything.
1: Right. Yeah. It's a very, very different sort of feel of like their eternal death. Um, I, I, <laughs> I derailed this conversation pretty bad. I don't know if we want to go back to Sylvanas. Well,
0: uh, see, that's the grand irony of Sylvanas, is that now we're derailing our Sylvanas conversation. So all that time that we spent talking about her when we should have been talking about other stuff, uh-huh. now she's on the receiving end of that. So <laughs> karma. Is yes.
1: The great Sylvanas karma is being derailed and forgetting to talk about her for like three episodes. <sighs> I'm sorry, Sylvanas.
0: The funny thing is that I'm going to be like, yeah. So this is kind of the episode where we put Sylvanas to bed, and we're never going to talk about her again. Not we're because we don't want her. to talk about her, but because, yeah, so you know, because we're we're kind of done. Like we've, you know, the topic is exhausted. And then, yeah, somehow, like next episode, we're going to be like, so Sylvanas.
1: I <laughs> mean, to be fair, I think one of the reasons she is so interesting, aside from just like her long storied history, is she as a character brings up a lot of questions because we don't have a lot of characters that have gone through undeath that are uh, very front and center. Like, we have um, Bolvar now, but he was kind of all Lich King and I didn't want to talk to you, girl. Let's go murder our allies for a while. Uh, And Sylvanas is kind of a lens through which I know at least I ask a lot of questions because, I mean, her body works a little differently than the average Forsaken, but she's a decent thing to compare to at times. Um, Also just understanding how she works like, magically, or just, you know, like, how her specific type of undeath works is an interesting lens to look through because there are not a lot of characters like her. I'd argue that Kalia is probably the next closest in some way, but, um, but yeah, like, she always gets us asking interesting questions, like the tangent we just went off on, and she always has, uh, like, interesting things that happen around her, um, so I feel like that's why we always go off on tangents there's always something interesting that we can either ask about her or around her or it's like something that involves something she's been through so
0: or she's doing something that just requires <laughs> our immediate attention
1: well that's most of it yeah but i feel like um she'll probably be more like Illidan, where we're putting her to rest for now but it's like essentially putting her up on a shelf of uh, beloved valuables, right? You're like I can look up there and I know they're up there for a while. And when it's time to bring them down off the shelf, they'll be ready. But for now, we're gonna put them up there and we're we're not gonna think about them for a little while. It'll uh, well, be interesting. Blizzard,
0: Blizzard's done two things simultaneously that are interesting, and I think they both sort of stem from the same realization. Uh, going back to Illidan, that I don't know if you remember, there was like a one BlizzCon, it probably it was like twenty ten, twenty eleven. Where uh, it was still when Metzen was doing the Q and A's, and so I think it was him uh, and, and someone else sitting up at like one of the, the the daises, and somebody in the crowd asks a question about Illidan getting a redemption arc, and Metzen like perks up and he's like, "Ooh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to do that, but he's dead. But we'll we'll see what we could do. You know, one of those kind of things. Like right, it's right. like, you know, and lo and behold, you know." Six, five, six years later, we get Legion and Illidan's return and whatnot. And we very much get that redemption arc. Mm-hmm. And I think they realized that for too many of their characters, they killed them. Yep. And they couldn't do anything with them. Yep. And, you know, so it's like, okay, so we had to bring back Illidan. And, and you know, even then, like, well, we want to bring back Gul'dan, you know, because we, if you think about it, Gul'dan, fascinating villain. Oh, yeah. Didn't get a chance to play with him in the WoW era because he was purely uh RTS era villain. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we're you know doing some time shenanigans anyway. Why not have Guldan kind of materialize out of that and then he can, you know, be the vile uh you know threat that he's supposed to be. And so okay, well we had to kill Guldan, but that wasn't really the original Guldan anyway. And then it made sense <laughs> for him to die.
1: Tiny wivey, that's where that came from.
0: <laughs> Guldan is one of those characters where I think his his arc is to die at the end. Yes. He is too yes evil that you don't let that kind of evil, no.
1: Probably not. I mean, like, you're right. He's too evil. Like when you encounter the character, you know it is his role to eventually die. So I thought it was um, brilliant of them to take all these figures and reintroduce them to the current World of Warcraft player base that may not have known them, but it was a great segue for Legion, right? Like to kind of reintroduce the, the orcs past and their history, um, with the fell and it's just I felt like it, they tied that up really well, uh, and like you say, like when the minute that Gul'dan came on center stage, I'm like, okay, I know he's gonna die, but it'll be interesting to see how he dies in comparison to the Gul'dan that we already know. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting.
0: Well, yes, uh, and and I th- I think the thing there too is that I mean Gul'dan is just the kind of villain that you you Gul'dan is, World of Warcraft is is morally gray to yes. quote. Ian has a cause this. Gul'dan is not morally gray. Like there is no rubric you can apply to him by which you can be like, Oh, you know what? His actions do make sense other than in some sort of self-serving, you know, you know, selfish fashion. Mm -hmm. And therefore he has really, he has no redeeming qualities. It's not like under any point he's like, oh well, I was doing this for the orcs. Or, like, no, he no, everything no, he's no. done, he's, he's done for in pure the
1: pursuit power. of power, just for himself.
0: Right. And and I think a villain like that can be potent, you know, can can be a strong antagonist, can make for good storytelling, but not for a long term. There's no growth with that character. Right. That it's character just gets more powerful. Right. Now, I mean, I suppose they could have put Gul'dan on an arc where maybe he learns to, you know, care about other people. But then that wouldn't be Gul'dan. That's not why you bring him back.
1: (laughs) No, and I think that's something they've been doing really well with their uh, their current villains. Uh, Like we always kind of have a trade off, right? Like we either have a Garrosh um, Sylvanas type, or we have a Gul'dan type. Like we have ones that we are not going to grow, and they're maybe going to last an expansion, essentially to pull us into the next expansion. Which I I really enjoy when they do that because it's it's fun to have that bridge to the next expansion. Um. But then, you know, as I said, we have our Garroshes and Sylvanases that kind of simmer for a long time under the surface uh, and then have their moment. See,
0: now you bring up Garrosh, and now that makes me rethink everything I'm saying. Because the point that I was going to make is that we have villains that they want to preserve, and so they're putting them on a shelf, like Sylvanas, like Illidan, where... They're, you know, they get their arc, they kind of come, go to timeout, then they come back, they can come back as a hero, come back as a villain, and we can see how they changed and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Or they've opened up the Pantheon to pretty much everybody else because, oh, hey, like we can just tap into the Shadowlands now. Yeah. We've established like that is like we can transit between those two places, um, you know, with, with um, you know, a modicum of difficulty. But, you know, so it's, it's like in a way it's like just because we've killed some villains doesn't mean they're gone forever. We can bring them back if we want to. Except for Garrosh because they were like no we're going to bring him back but then we're going to completely get rid of that character. I mean they the did the same they're...
1: thing to Arthas.
0: Yes, well but see Arthas I think there was a reason. Because for the, like I I think they felt like there was nowhere to go with Arthas. And in a way it's almost like it's almost like throwing out or breaking like your favorite toy so that nobody else can play with it. Oh. Where cuz I I I I mean the whole concept of Arthas and Shadowlands is fascinating because we knew from the moment that they teased Uther being in the expansion, you know, we see Uther, we see the, sh- the jailer mm-hmm. and we it, like it, Arthas is present in that initial Shadowlands announcement yes. by his absence. Mm-hmm. And right. so we're like, well, we're going to see Arthas. And that's, and I think that's kind of the problem is that set an expectation amongst the fan base, especially the Arthas fans in the fan base, right. like, we're going to see Arthas. He's going to play a role. So when they debut Arthas as part of the Luther uh, cinematic, yeah,
1: oh yeah, that one, yep.
0: And you know, it's it's Chekhov's Arthas is what it is. Is is that you know that's like the first real you know like not you know I like guess not counting that de- that uh, you know like that's the first like in the direct hype leading up to the expansion those cinematics. We're kind of like the, you know, the stepping stones there. So it's like, that's when you get Uther or Arthas showing up. And you're like, okay, well, he we got thrown into the mall. We know we're going to be spending a lot of time in the mall. We have to deal with him. And I remember hearing rumors of people on the beta were like, oh, like Arthas and Jaina, they're in Torghast. And uh, like, you know, you'll see Arthas in there. And whoever that was, it was talking about their butt. But,
1: <laughs> well, you technically do see him uh, in the mall at least. So I think- no. Or is no. that the last little bit up in... That's in, in um... Mortis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never mind. You're right. You're right.
0: So, I, I lied.
1: I talked about well, my butt.
0: I guess you could say we do see him because we do see uh, the Jailer is in the Maw when he reaches into whatever little pocket soul dimension he's got, and he pulls out that blue crystal. I'm like, what's right. that blue crystal? Like, right. who could that be? And then he puts it into the Mornblade. So technically, we do see Arthas in the Maw, briefly.
1: Yes. Unbeknownst to us.
0: But... It's, it, it. I think there that that was the problem. There is I think people were looking like okay, like you're taking the Arthas toy off the shelf. Yep, you're gonna play with that. Like we've seen what you did when you brought back Illidan. You had to jump through way more hoops to bring Illidan back here. It's like we're just going to the land of the dead. Arthas is there already. Like there's not a lot of like you know work to to actually get him involved and on the one hand it was kind of cool having it like a background mystery like well where's Arthas where's Arthas Mm -hmm. because then you know it's like oh is he in the Mornblade you know that would make sense if he's in the Mornblade you know they've been teasing Anduin becoming Arthas it was Arthas theme is playing and Uther grabs his chest when he walks past Anduin and you know all the little hints Mm -hmm. that they were able to put in which was great but then you get to that final cinematic with Anduin standing there and Arthas just poofs away and it's I mean we've talked about this before so I don't want to go like rehash that cinematic but it it in some ways it feels a bit anticlimactic as far as the the very end of Arthas' story. Like at least when Garrosh went out and Garrosh goes poof.
1: Yes, he, he Garrosh
0: like, goes out yelling like a raging lunatic. Yes, which is what he was. Well,
1: he he goes out in a very Garrosh fashion. It it was uh how to say bold and assertive and like it's everything Garrosh was and, and kind bellowing. of embodies and yes. I, huh
0: bellowing and be- yes was exactly
1: bellowing. yeah no he, and so he, he makes a big ruckus and he tries to fight and like that's a very garrosh way to go out and you're like okay like bye garrosh see you later like i i do enjoy garrosh as a character but it's one of those where it's like okay that that felt like a good conclusion i think what happened with the arthas piece was it it felt it it didn't feel like he either uh there was no growth there was no change like it was just the arthas that we knew which Everyone really, and I shouldn't say everyone, a lot of people really loved Wrath of the Lich King. Like, that was a, their expansion, right? Um, and so I know a lot of fans, like myself included, i if I remember uh, our previous podcast, I was like, oh, we're, we're going to find Arthas in the Shadowlands. Like, I hope we're going to quest with him or, like, something. So what I would have liked to see is us actually interacting with Arthas, and maybe he gets captured by the Jailer or something happens. And then, like, the Jailer pulls apart, pulls him apart, like, as he's trying to redeem himself doing all these horrible things right um and then jailer pulls him into little shard pieces and then stuffs those in the mornblade. and you're like oh man that's the end of arthas like he was trying to redeem himself he was trying to be better even though he was horrible i feel like that would have been an interesting story especially with sylvanas now being the villain like that's what i wanted to see i wanted to see this weird dichotomy of like now arthas is not quite good, but he's like, you know, trying to be a little bit better. He's like, the Shadowlands suck and, uh, you know, I probably deserve to be in the Maw, but uh, trying to do better, whatever that looks like. And then, you know, like he's like, oh, we're going to fight Sylvanas. He's like, oh, I always knew she was a problem. And I'm like, well, this, this is your fault. You did this. Yeah.
0: But the problem with that, and I agree with you, like, I, I, I wanted to see more of him. And I, I, I think there's a way you could have shown more of him in that final cinematic and still got the same output. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the problem with that is, it, it felt very much like one of their sub goals in all of this was to establish like this is the end of Arthas, like there is no more Arthas to come. Right. Technically, the end of Arthas was Wrath of the Lich King. Yep. We wrapped the story up there. We've moved on. We don't want to bring it back and do Arthas. You know, like I'm sure they'll do Arthas 2.0 at some point, but like in this in sense of like uh, like how Sylvanas was kind of becoming Arthas 2.0. I mean, the way that she turned Delerin Uh, Into a banshee Mm -hmm. as opposed To uh, you know as as opposed, You know and and sort of like she went Around like inflicting the same pain upon others And that that's really Kind of what this was is sort of the other problem Here is that they that Arthas's end was in service of Sylvanas Because again that's the whole the other complaint About the end of that cinematic is that then and, you know, we free Anduin. We get the whole cool Anduin, you know, ripping the swords with uh, Sorfang and Varian, and then Sylvanas is just like, "Oh, Arthas," and she kind of laments how she was so focused on him for so long, and how she's then becoming him, and and a lot of the stuff they've been setting up with her is kind of trying to emphasize that Arth, you know, that, that like she's kind of like uh, you know walking in his shoes, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it gives her a chance to sort of realize that it's interesting to think about how. As much as they want to move on from Arthas, and Arthas was absent, or as I said, kind of in the background, like background radiation for this expansion, but the two main characters of this expansion, Anduin and Sylvanas,
2: mm-hmm. uh, or,
0: or I guess two of the main characters for this expansion, but both of them had their own relationship to Arthas. Right. That Anduin literally um, you know, was sort of forced into his shoes, as it were, mm-hmm. and Sylvanas had to come to a reckoning of the fact that she was like walking in his path. In a, in a lot of ways, this like in a lot of ways, Shadowlands really was like a a you know like a an epilogue, I guess you could say, a coda, mm-hmm. a denouement for <laughs> the Arthas story, um, because of how he affected everyone else. Yeah, it's just funny that it was in that way and not in him doing anything. Because when he does show up, and I guess that's kind of like the really that's kind of the, the point there again. Like with Wow, I feel a lot a lot of the times. Like, from our perspective, from my perspective, at least, I like to think, like, oh, a lot of this stuff is subtext. And, like, no, there is no, it's, it's all text. Like, <laughs> Arthas, like, they have literally rung as much as they can get out of the Arthas character at least as far that they believe they can get out of the Arthas character. So for them, when they're conceptualizing stories and then like Arthas shows up, they don't, they don't see any sort of actually full bodied Arthas. They see the little withered anima blue glowy orb because they're like, Oh, we've gotten all the stories we can out of him. This, this character is of no more use to us. And they just like, just go poof and go away. Little wisp. <sighs>
1: yeah. I like, I was actually while we were talking about this, I was thinking about one of the reasons that Arthas feels like a good villain, because I, I think of a lot of the villains we go through in World of Warcraft. And like, I don't want to say on the one end, there's the jailer and then like on another end, like I would put Arthas, um, I probably uh, like the opposite end of the jailer in some ways, because Arthas makes it very personal. Um Like he's raising hordes of undead people he's like attacking our cities right where we actually have um the the undead hordes are coming and uh you know it, it's just interesting to kind of think about why he was uh such a beloved villain and character um in this entire series which is why they probably wrung him dry if that makes sense uh but if you it's like and this is just me doing a off-the-cuff character study but it's kind of interesting if you like break down him being a villain it's like he was an evil bad guy that killed people and raised them from the dead. You're like, oh, that doesn't seem like a super intense plot point compared to, like, a cool dance story where it's a very intricate, uh, you know, I don't know. And, and I'm vastly oversimplifying both of their backgrounds. Uh, even, like, Deathwing, it's like it's a giant insane dragon. But, like, you still need to talk about the Well of Eternity to, like, kind of put that into perspective. Um, I don't know. It's It's... It's just, it's interesting, and I I kind of, I feel like I'm gonna miss him, in a way, because, like, that was the nice thing about not having that door fully closed. Like, they could bring him back, as uh, when going to the lands of the dead, like, anyone could come back. It was like, is Deathwing down there somewhere? Like, are all of the baddies we've ever faced down there somewhere? Like, probably. I shouldn't say down, because it's probably not geographically in any location, but uh it's it's just kind of interesting food for thought i guess uh, and i i know that uh, as a character a lot of people are very attached and i think i think that they did like you're saying i think they did it like kind of the best job like putting him to rest without making it about him um, yeah that was just making him a little shard that was pretty cool. That was a cool reveal, though. I wasn't actually expecting that to happen until, like, it happened. I'm like, that's got to be an Arthas thing, because I can't imagine what other soul would be this important for this moment. But,
0: but also, too, I think, what other soul would be wrung so dry? Because, right. I mean, you compare him to to Garrosh. Yeah, And true. like Garrosh was just such an endless bount of rage that, like... I all, I have to I have to wonder if you had put Garrosh in Arthas's shoes, kind of, and let him go through all of that, and maybe even then put Garrosh directly up against the jailer, because, um, you know, as as masterful as Denathrius and uh, the Venthir are at extracting anima from individuals, I have to assume that the jailer is ten times more mm-hmm. uh, powerful when doing that. Um, and if the jailer tried to take Garrosh and like forge him into a Oh man, we could have had like Garrosh inside an axe. Like
1: a gore howl, but it'd be. Yeah, like, but yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, that would have been awesome.
1: Garrosh <laughs> howl. Could you imagine?
0: You swing gore howl, except instead of like, what is it? They said like it's supposed to like whistle, kind of Yeah, whatever. and it's supposed like, to
1: like shriek as it goes through the yeah. air. Yeah.
0: No, it just bellows. A, like, yeah. Oh.
1: It's so terrible that I can hear the sound file of him going, like I can hear him
0: he I does it all the time. <laughs> uh, what was it uh, the other week uh, when it was faded? Uh, Faded sanctum mm-hmm. um one of my guildies was streaming the their uh, the guild run through uh sanctum and they were up to soul render and i so i was watching their stream at the time i'm i'm playing uh you know doing whatever world bosses or whatever but so the whole time they're running around and i keep hearing garrosh in the background just yelling and i'm just like as i'm going around the shadowlands it's like everywhere i go garrosh is just yelling and i'm like I actually like this. I kind of wish we could have just heard Garrosh for 2 years. Like, oh, I'm going to Oribos. I'm, you know, doing alchemy quests or or you know, trying <laughs> to, you know, raise my alchemy rank. I hear Garrosh yelling. <laughs> I mean, I'm in Zerith Mortis opening a chest. I hear Garrosh yelling.
1: He was I'm I, like he was in the um uh Denathrius uh not skit, but like the what the Shadowlands uh short Right. Yes. Uh, and like, it's one of those things where it's like, even from then he's been in the background and I thought they did a really good job of bringing him along without making it about him. So it's like, you've already yeah. had your time. It's like, but you know, now he's well, also gone.
0: It is, but it is interesting because I feel like, especially him being in Revendreth. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's, I guess that's the one common thing between Garrosh and Arthas is that ultimately both of their stories are tragic that Arthas's tragedy was it all started because he wanted to protect his people. He was Mm -hmm. just the wrong person to be doing that. He didn't understand how to do that. And the only way, like the only way he was going to do that was for things to go horribly wrong and for him to become the Lich King. And for Garrosh, he was just the wrong guy put in the wrong place at the wrong time Mm -hmm. that you know that, that maybe you know, kind of like uh, the one Naru said, like under the right circumstances, or not Naru, uh, the Bronze Dragon. Yeah. Under the right circumstances, he would have been a great leader. He would have been a great war chief. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, you know, he was you know sort of poisoned by the fact that he was left behind on Dranor and he didn't understand his his father. And then when he was educated on his father, it just completely he learned the wrong facts. They're well, not the wrong facts, but like he, he took the wrong lesson from it. Yeah, and. And then thrall, too, like, and that, that's the other problem. I, I, I love thrall so much. And it's not because of anything that thrall has done. Well, I mean, it is because of what he's done. It's because he's so imperfect. because sure. thrall is imperfect in all the ways that like I feel like a middle-aged like <laughs> guy kind of in over his head, maybe sometimes. Mm-hmm just is imperfect that you know you try and he does a lot of things right and that, and if anything that's the thrall's detriment because all the stuff that he does right it just puts him in more positions where he can do things that are totally wrong right and it's the peter principle he gets promoted to the point where he fails hmm. and like just the fact that thrall is so caught up in his own well, I can't leave the orcs. The orcs, I don't understand this orc culture. Like I'm, I was raised by humans and, and you know, these orcs, they, they cheer for Garrosh. They love, Thrall is so full of self doubt that he, he's completely ignorant of the fact that Garrosh and everybody is like, do not do this. But Thrall's like, well, I can't, I can't do this. I can't be the war chief, Even though that doubt actually would make him a better war chief than Garrosh. But he's like, no, I got to step down and hand it over to this guy. And it's, it's, all the little imperfections of Thrall are what make him so relatable. And I, because, I, I mean, everybody's like, oh, Thrall's a Mary Sue. Like, yeah, Thrall gets to wield the uh, the dragon soul. And, you know, Thrall, Thrall gets to, you know, do all these. It's like, no, Thrall, Thrall is not a Mary Sue. <laughs> Thrall, Thrall suffers. Thrall suffers what? for all of us. He yeah, is he green Jesus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, I mean, it's funny that you bring him up because I know for a while when he was front and center, like, I, I again, I, I don't think he's necessarily Mary Sue. They like, did thrust him into these spots of great power. And for one of those, like, he kind of, in a way, reminds me of Goku a little bit, but more humble and like less Desiring to, like to be in the spotlight, or he's like, no, man, I just like want to go and grow my failing crops and with my family. Please, like, stop, stop getting me involved in this. Um, but it's a—he uh, is a very imperfect character, and I think, I think that's one of the reasons that they're bringing him back right now is uh, he's been up on that shelf long enough, right? Like, all of the thrall quote unquote drama has kind of settled. It's like, okay, let's bring back something familiar that, you know, we could use, like, in a time of unrest, which, we're like, Thrall, you 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 put all t- this horde together, like, come on, we need you, man, and he's like, I just, I just want to go home, I just want to, like, have some espresso and, like, play with my kids and not not do any of this. don't even oh. want to be on this planet, but here we are.
0: So, I want to bring up with Thrall one thing, going back to mm. last episode, when we were just completely insane talking about Thrall and Ragnaros and all that. Um, <laughs> So <clears throat>
2: yes, I did mind. mention
0: Thrall being a crappy blacksmith. Mm-hmm. I take that back because I was listening to an old episode of Blizzard Watch, uh, like after we recorded the last episode, and they mentioned that Thrall was the, the guy who went and put the Frostwolf logo on uh, Doomhammer. And he shortened the – because it used to be – he yeah. took it, he turned it from, like, a, two, a two-handed mace. He shortened yeah. the handle, put the Frost logo on there. I'm like, oh. So, like, he actually did some blacksmithing work before. This isn't just something that he took up in his post, you know, like, war chief life, like, now I'm going to be a blacksmith. Like, he, I think he actually has blacksmithing skills. And I would like to get the stats on that axe that he made because I feel like maybe it's got, like – you know, like, he's not – you know, he he at least has a few expansions worth where he's maxed out his blacksmithing, I think. Uh, you know, m- maybe not so much during, like, Cataclysm or uh, Wrath of the Lich King when he was actually Warchief, but, uh, you know, I think mean, Mists, he wasn't doing too much. He probably had a lot of time to, you know, you know m- do some mining and, and whatnot. So, I think his blacksmithing skills, I did not give enough credit last time, and I want to apologize for that. And uh, I will be a patron of blacksmith thrall should he ever show up in the game.
1: That's true. I I would I would also be a patron of Blacksmith Thrall. Um it's interesting that you mentioned that because like I and I'm trying to remember like now talking about uh Thrall uh in his very early moments when he's with I think the, the Frostwolf clan. Um and some of the works the in the very beginning, right? It's it's very I'm trying to remember like I think in one of the books they might have talked about that, and maybe that's why I'm remembering this now? Because I'm like, that does sound familiar. Like, oh god, I haven't read those books in very many years, so I'm gonna have to go do my homework again. Um, But it's interesting because it's like on the one hand, I don't want to sound like a jerk I was like, how hard is it to shorten a a hammer's uh, grip, I guess? And I'm like, yeah, actually that'd probably be fairly tough, but securing the logo on there, well, it's a magical hammer though so maybe it's really hard. I don't know, I'm not a magical blacksmith. But it'd be interesting to see if he is continued to actually make more things than just cuz it looked like he was making farming tools for the most part.
0: Um, That's probably what he was doing. And uh, it, you know, it's one of those things too where if you're far enough out in the grand, I'm sure he's used that axe, you know, maybe not necessarily on intruders or marauders or anything like that, but anything I mean, We know there's there's some like alec out there that uh, you know, you might have to worry about or There's
1: a lot um, of really ferocious creatures out there like Yeah. You know.
0: Plus, I don't know how close to Oshiguni is, but you know he could have like some stray spirits coming after him. Or, right? I mean, you know, they you know, he, he he could use that axe. That's not. I shouldn't make fun of him for having a bad axe. It's probably a very good axe.
1: I mean, it's not the Doomhammer, but you
0: know. No. <laughs> okay. Well, he can't get the Doomhammer back now because I'm like half the shaman shaman out there. I was gonna or, say it's in my bags. You can't have it. There we go. It's
1: mine forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using it as a glorified paperweight. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. Um
0: But anyway, let's let's get back to Sylvanas.
1: Yes. Now that we see, she's a great tangent launcher. We went all the way to Thrall.
0: We went all the way to Thrall. Um But we were mentioning uh parts of the book that kind of didn't necessarily sit right. I ah yes. And the one for me that I keep coming back to is the whole let's redo edge of night because, and I'll admit I, I I did want to reread edge of night and I didn't because I wanted to see like how much, how much did they actually like take from what uh, I think was Cosec that wrote that. Wasn't it like, how much did they take from that story and have to like retcon it? Um, you know, and I don't mind that they did, um, because you know, I, you know, but, but I, f- I feel like that that was one of those places where I'm like, oh, okay, so it's like, it's not just like because I remember distinctly like Sylvanas was like in like kind of like a, a big giant void and she could hear Arthas being tortured and she's like, okay, I don't want to wind up here. And then it's like, oh, actually, no, that wasn't quite what happened. She actually got to hang out with the jailer and then she got to see the was it the lava eel or the, the,
1: which, yeah, like, okay. It took me a minute to remember this uh, this particular story. It's been a while. What
0: like the lava eel or I don't even think I'm saying it right or the lava v- vor e- whatever.
1: Yeah, it's like a, I remember a Something like that. Yeah,
0: I remember seeing that, like people talking about that, and like they were just mocking it and making fun of it. And it's like I didn't understand what it was, but I kind of picked up in the context that it's something new with Sylvanas, and this, this is why she went crazy because of a lava eel. War. I thought it was some kind of code, like it's actually like evil something or other, like and they're just like re removing re-mo- the letters around to make it sound like something else, because like lava vor eel or whatever. Like it just, I can't even. Like, was that even what it was called? I don't know. I don't remember it. I got what they were going for and it's interesting that they chose some non-humanoid characters for, you know, sort of, this is what's going to like make her realize that, Oh, okay. Like the jailer, the jailer has a point mm-hmm. that, you know, cause I mean, very easily it could have been something. And I mean, to a degree it was, it's like, she sees the, you know, she sees the, 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 the lava veal ores Um, I can't say it. I can't even say it. I don't even understand what it is. <laughs> She sees the the, the things, the, the eels, mm-hmm. and, like, they're, they're you know, they're completely separate from, you know, how, how, you know and she thinks, oh, they should be together, and then she thinks of her parents, and she's like, wait, like, my parents died, and they're probably not together. Right. We saw that with, I mean, we even saw that with Draka. Everybody was like, well, we see Draka, where's Duratan Right. And, like, that never, that, like, the only time Duratan gets mentioned is when uh, Draka's finally, like, I could see from your eyes. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, so it's interesting that, like, they 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 didn't want to – like, I guess I guess if it was like, oh, like, if she had seen, like, oh, hey, like, you know, if she saw one of her parents – well, one, if she saw one of her parents, she would have been like, oh, let me go hug them, and she still would have been reunited with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, she could have seen somebody like, oh, like, I knew, you know, these kids growing up or whatever, and they, they you know, they were a couple, and they died, and now I just see the one guy, and he's lonely, and he's, you know, and who knows where his girlfriend is kind of thing. I mean, they could have – it's interesting that of all the creatures, of all the beings that, that Christy Golden could have chosen for – you know, what's going to put Sylvanas kind of on the Jailer's path? It was a eel vor.
1: I think one of the reasons, and I could be wrong, but I feel like one of the reasons they she decided to do that um, is like, if we think about the Shadowlands themselves, we, we focus a lot on the people of the Shadowlands, but there are also a lot of other creatures in the Shadowlands that are, are native to there, or I think people kind of become some of the creatures in some ways. Like, um, well, like Ardenweald, but in yeah. ardent wheel, right? Like where people cha- actually change their shape and their form. Um, so I thought it was a really interesting lens because we see a lot of people and trying to show the le- like thro- show what happens to Sylvanas through the lens of something that isn't human in a way is like I think a kind of a fun departure instead of being like I knew this person and you're like cool. I feel like that would have kind of derailed it for me. Actually, I don't know. I like that they did it with the lava voriel. Vortex I get, like, eel vorts I, I don't remember what uh, it is Yeah, but I do remember it well
0: the other fascinating thing then too is that like again going back to edge of night like my impression was like Sylvanas is in the void she's in she's, she's in there just long enough for the the Valkyrie to kind of like you know show her like hey you're basically going to a realm of nothingness there's Arthas over there he's suffering do you really belong with Arthas and like no okay let's make a deal and get out And then it says, like, oh no, actually, she got to meet with the jailer and she got to. The jailer was like, oh, just take your time, take as long as you want and just wander the Shadowlands. And I'm super curious, like, what did she do and see during her, like, little, like, Rumspringer in the Shadowlands while she was, you know, impaled and dead on uh, some Serenite.
1: Right. Well, like, they very much made it seem like. Like we know that time flows differently in different spaces, and it'll right. be really interesting to see how they address that when we come back from the Shadowlands. Which it, it kind of makes it sound like either like time hasn't been probably catapulting forward uh, oh, while we've been gone. You, oh,
0: yeah,
1: has yeah. is there? Uh,
0: we we have official confirmation of of what's happening with the time.
1: Oh, I actually don't know it. Go for it.
0: Okay. Um, Shadowlands. Our time in the Shadowlands took two years. Okay. Which. You know, appropriate like enough.
1: That's, that happens every single but, right. expansion.
0: But there is a time skip after we get back from the Shadowlands of three years.
1: Oh, so it's a five year skip.
0: So it's, yeah, so so from the so so from when we jump through the portal, um, you know, back, back at the beginning to to when we will, you know, our, when our Drakthir will will be playable, mm-hmm. will have been five years. Um, so we will we have not really seen what's been going on on Azeroth for the last two years while we were in the Shadowlands, and then there's another three years of events uh, that we will have to get to. I
1: wonder why they did that. Maybe just so they have more to inform us about, or, like, stuff has been happening, and they're like, hey, why don't you get caught up on this? I'm like, but it's kind of weird if you're, like, not living through it.
0: I, well, I feel like they wanted to establish some kind of break. Like, like so much. I mean, one of the things even, like, talking about, like, how this is sort of the end of Sylvanas for the time being. you know, so much of this expansion, as you know, like the news was saying, is like the end of the this current chapter of World of Warcraft. And like we look at the last three as like a book and like, you know, Help. like th- this is the end of that arc and stuff. I mean, so much of this has been a wrapping up. I mean, that's one of the nice things about Dragonflight. Like when we had that announcement, like we had no idea where they were going. No. Because coming out of BFA, we're like, well, it's, like what's going on with Sylvanas? like, oh, okay, we're going to pick right up with Sylvanas. Like, little little did we know we were actually going to pick up, like, that's where she went right from when she flew out of Orgrimmar, she went right to Northrend, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. which I I remember somebody made a big deal, too, about the fact that, like, the amount of time that basically, like, in the time, it it took her, like, a few hours to travel from Orgrimmar to Northrend, which is super fast, but Banshee speed will allow it, but But also during that time frame, like, all of shadows rising happened, or most of it did. Like it, 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 <laughs> it, it yeah. <laughs> the time timing is very suspect. So,
1: well, I mean, there could also be the. Um, I guess it doesn't make a lot of sense canonically, but like, there could be a while where Bolvar's just sitting there, like, like chewing on his um charred hands. He's like, um, well, mm, the sky is no. now broken. He's like. I don't know if I should go and tell somebody. He's like, maybe we can fix it. He's well, he like was, talking to his gold He's like, how much no, duct tape? Like no, it's like, no, well, that's the thing. He,
0: No, because he didn't have to. Because like right as soon as Sylvanas broke the sky, uh, Nathano's shows up and they leave. I think because Nathano's shows up with the to Nathano's shows up with her right after she did that at the end of Shadows Rising, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, the problem is the beginning of Shadows Rising already takes place in Orgrimmar after. Sorfang's funeral. That's
1: true, yeah.
0: But it only took Sylvanas a few hours to get. For, yeah, there's actually like a little bit of an overlapping, like, yeah, the times do not work out here. Mm. So it's not even that the Shadowlands times are weird. It's already on Azeroth. But the other thing, too, is that then there's that short story where. Uh, the death the uh, the Death Knights, the Four Horsemen, are feel like Bolvar getting all powerful, and they're like, we have mm-hmm. to go stop him. Right, and so they show up just in time to see the sky shatter, and like, oh crap! And then they go get Bolvar, and basically they bring him back, and he's like, yeah, the sky shattered, things are going, everything's going wrong. <laughs> it's bad, man. It's bad. It's bad. It's
1: like, oh, it's a Monday. Dang it!
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I just imagine like the Four Horsemen riding their necropolis like back towards uh northrend and i could just see like you know uh you know nazgrim and uh um Ma- yeah Magrain. like mm-hmm. you know like they're all just being you know like like dicks to each other just like you know being smart asses and then like they say something dumb like oh like you know i guess we're gonna have to kill Bolvar or something like, yeah i'll do that when the sky shatters or something dumb like that oh, and then yeah. they see the sky shatter and then you just <laughs> see like you know, then you just see, you know, it's, you get like the, like Monday nine o'clock or whatever, yeah. like in the black font with the white, like the, you know, the, the the gang, you know, the gang helps the, the, the the gang helps Bolvar or something. Like, it's like just like the
1: single bleeped out expletive.
0: The <laughs> sky's always shattered in Northrend, you know, Beep. something like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, yep. But that does seem like something that would happen. Like, yeah. I'm going to have to say that's like, I was like haha yeah when the sky shatters and like I feel like I, someone has to say that. It would have been hilarious if, if someone like going up until this point would have said that like an NPC is like oh yeah that'll happen like when the sky shatters or the sky falls down, right? And, right.
0: Like, to, yes, well, the sky is know. falling. That would yeah. be a better one than Well, technically it's not falling. It's not it falling like it but up. it's broken
1: <laughs> but it's falling. Yeah, it's kind of like suspended. Ugh, oh, sorry, I just remembered the cinematic mm- where like the, n- the Giant um cracks go through the. Oh, that, that, that was, was so, one of the coolest.
0: That was so well done.
1: It was that I think is still one of my favorite cinematics. Although BFA had a great one too. I mean, all the intro cinematics are good. I really shouldn't compare them.
0: So, so getting back to sylvanas
1: <laughs> Once again, um,
2: everything goes back to Sylvanus.
0: No, but so, like uh, you know, so so uh, putting aside these little inconsistencies, I mean, overall I enjoyed the book. Um and I did like how, like, we talked, the when we talked about the book previously, um, you know, like, it was one, I felt like one contained story, like, the whole first half of her history as a blood elf, up until Arthas shows up. And then it's basically, once she dies as a banshee, it just felt like little, like, quick vignettes, like, you know, kind of yes. like, cut to this, you know, cut to this, get to the, you know, what we want to show here, cut to this, get to what we want to show here, cut to this, get to what we want to show kinda here. Kind of
1: like the best hits of Sylvanas.
0: Yes. And I mean, I it... You know, on the one hand, I was a little disappointed because I kind of felt like, no, I wanted like the whole book to feel like that first part where Mm -hmm. it just goes. But then if they, it would have been like war and peace level just to get through like the first fraction of it even. Yeah. So I I get why they didn't do that. Um, The one thing going back to my point earlier about like the text being or the subtext being text. I liked how they hinted at why does Sylvanas call. Anduin Little Lord Lion. Yes. Or, or or Little Lion. And they're like, okay, like they hinted at that, they hinted at that, and then Anduin calls her out on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the text, the subtext is text again. It's yeah. just, you know, this is why we can't have you know, subtle things.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I felt like I don't want to say that they had to spell it out, but I, I can see why they did, because they really don't want people to miss that point. You don't want to hit people over the head with things like that, but sometimes you need to. I need to give yeah. them that little this, this this just in case you missed it or you weren't actually paying attention. Here it is. Here's the thing. Um, but I thought they did a really good job with her calling him little lion, which is interesting because part of me isn't convinced that that was the original reason. Like it, it like yes, canonically now it's like that was why. I uh, when they first started writing it, it very much sounded like very much mocking, right? Uh, it's like maybe maybe that was the reason all along, like from a, a narrative perspective. But if it wasn't, I think that that was a very brilliant twist that I you know wouldn't have seen because we learned more about Sylvanas' brother in this book than ever before. We knew he existed. Uh, we knew a little bit about him. We knew that he uh, had died. And I think we already covered this in the previous episode about this, but um, just them really showing us her relationship and how important her brother was was really really neat and that sold it for me honestly uh and i her interactions with anduin have always been a little strange like not in a bad way but it's like i don't know that they, they in a way i will say they have good chemistry not like romantic chemistry but they play off of each other really well because they're very different characters um but sylvanas actually teaches anduin things like I don't know, not to be naive in some ways, and, you know, she underestimates him constantly. So it's a kind of delicate ba- balance and dance between two characters. And I thought that just overall, the in this book, they did a good job examining that relationship in the small amounts that it did. Uh, but we've also seen them interact quite a bit over the last few expansions as well. So. Uh,
0: Anduin, I feel like Anduin has too many mentors.
1: Well, he has a lot of horde mentors, which is kind of funny.
0: Well, also true, also true. But I just feel like, like they all—I mean, they always do a good job. Like that's that's the problem here. Um, But you know, we see like Anduin is in like a a mentor-mentee relationship with Gen. We see that Mm -hmm. Anduin is in a mentor-mentee relationship with uh, Velen. We see that Anduin is in a mentor-mentee relationship. Well, I mean, it's more of a—they like to say it's more familial, like Mm -hmm. it's Aunt Jaina. But that's still very much a adult. Mm-hmm. You know, bequeathing knowledge upon to a, a younger generation. Um, you know, and now it's like Sylvanas, you know, like obviously like they like, you know, you said like they, they have they have chemistry together, like they, they do kind of play off each other well. But even especially in that final scene in the maw, like again, like Sylvanas is like telling anyone like this is how you handle like all the crap that you're gonna go through because you had the domination magic in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know, so very much a mentor, mentor to a mentee, and I, it's just, I, I mean, and, and maybe that's one of the reasons why they want to do the time skip because, uh, you know, like that gives them another three years of Anduin wandering around doing who knows what. Um, I guess you know again, I, again, like like I said, we had Sylvanas wandering around the mall or, or just the Shadowlands you know, kind of free to explore and and do whatever. And I'd like to see some of that. Now Anduin is, we don't even know if Anduin is doing that in the Shadowlands. He could just be going back and doing that on Azeroth.
1: Yeah, he might just be sitting in the tavern. Like, it's going to be interesting to see if he's been absent for three years or if he's actually like, he was like, oh, I'm going to take like Two weeks and then is back to the throne. I I would guess he's been gone for longer. I can
0: see. I can't imagine you do that cinematic, and then it turns out like you know we're like oh we did three years later, and anyone's like ah you know we're two weeks away from my three year anniversary of coming back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like I could very much see them kind of doing. I don't know if they would liken it to when his father was uh, absent, but I could see them doing something similar to that, um, where he comes back, not necessarily changed, but a little. I want to say I'm, like, hardened or a little more, how to say, like, he's, because Domination Magic, I think, is not a number on him, and it'll be interesting to see how they portray Anduin going forward, like, how he's going to react to things. Has it really colored his view of things, or is he still going to be, like, he's not quite the sweet summer child he used to be, but he's still a very pure soul, all things considered.
0: I feel like the million dollar question is, does he come back as the old man? So because we're going to have two could. Khadgars? Kind of.
1: Two Khadgars. Kind
0: of. It's, it's more, it's more, uh, you know, like two Turalyans, really. Yeah, because, well, that's true. That's I mean, true. whereas Cadgar was artificially aged, Anduin will have lived that, you know, 50 some odd years or whatever, but he'll have done it in a way that, you know, it, it's, uh, I don't know, if you watch, uh, not not, not to too much spoilers, but like I was, I had to explain time dilation to my kid because we were watching the, the Lightyear movie. So it's ah. kind of like that. But uh yeah, so, yeah, because, I, 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 I mean, I could see the kind of thing where, especially if, you know, you buy into the, uh, what is it, uh, the Ilganoth whispers about no. how uh, they're supposed to be like uh, the imposter on the throne or something. or some, some, There's right. some whisper, I forget what it is exactly, but it's pointing at Il- uh, Turalyon, you know, sitting on the throne of Stormwind um, kind of lines up as a problem. Yep, and I think Good. you know we've even talked a little bit about how the light can be so rigid, and that that's become kind of antagonistic in some ways. And Teralian can be re- very representative of that.
1: Yeah, especially like if you look at how them. he sided
0: with yeah you know, with Zira against Illidan.
1: Well, we actually saw both him and Illyria torture people in the beginning of one of the novels, uh, which was a, a big surprise, right? Um, but it, like it would be interesting to see if they start to do that with Teralian and Illyria. because like if they it, And I I don't want this to come off in a weird way, but it would actually be refreshing to have someone on the Alliance side turn into the antagonist. Because most of the antagonists that are characters that we know that we've been with for a long time are on the Horde. Like, uh, there's a lot of Horde-based characters that have gone through a lot of growth and then, you know, kind of turn uh, into villains and then we pursue them. Um, it'd be interesting to see a current character, especially one like Turalyon, kind of going not quite the Arthas route, but like the the reverse Illidan route, if you will, well, where it's like, ah, oh, yes, I was, was very good. And now it's like, ah, they're not fitting into this strict, rigid structure of the light. Like, gotta purge stormwind. Probably not. But it'd yeah. be interesting what, to have that happen. But
0: especially, though, I mean, a very notable paladin. Mm mm-hmm you know, sort of giving in to the baser impulses as far as how to, you know, deal with a problem. Right. Um, that, that, that does feel a bit like the Arthas route. Not to go back to Arthas after we kind of I established I mean, Arthas was a paladin, like, too, but, yeah.
1: so it was like a one-for-one right. one almost. Well, any,
0: any time you have a paladin that turns, it's, it's Arthas, you know, whatever, .0. Kind of. So if, if Anduin was Arthas 2.0, well, he was bad, then that makes Torellian Arthas 3.0. And
1: Anduin's a priest, though. He's like, well, he's in between. It's like half Priest Pally, but I don't know. It, it would be interesting to see more characters on the Alliance kind of come front and center. Like I know that at one point I thought Taronda was going to go that way, um, but I know that she's a very beloved character of the the Night Elves and of a lot of those players. And I don't blame them. She's really cool. Like there's there's now more female leaders than there have been historically, but she was one of the very first. Uh, which always felt good, Sylvanas being one of the others. Um, so, like, them making her into a villain of, like, ah, I could see how, like, you wouldn't want to do that, exactly. Uh, but she made a very compelling character to chase Sylvanas. Although, I have yeah. my own thoughts and feelings on how that arc ended. But, anyway. Well, it's...
0: No, I mean, this is the place to get in them. I guess. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is turning into a, as much a, a sort of a Shadowlands... Um, you know, like sort of a Shadowlands uh not eulogy, but uh like Closure. post-mortem as much yeah. as a, a Sylvanas retrospective. Um but no, the, the thing about Tarant is that and it really it's 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 kind of the same problem with Jaina, is that they have they they take these characters, strong female characters, mm-hmm. and they put them in a situation where they're they're horribly wronged, and the only outcome is for them to turn unjustifiably angry. Yes. And but it, it, within the context of the game, like I think for a character to get like militantly ven- like revenge, revengey, I can't think of what the, like vengeful, vengeful, <laughs> vengeful thank you, yes, revenge, <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, like I, I mean, Mancrick, Mancrick has his wife killed, and he turns around and he slaughters a ton of Quillbors. You know, but but right? Jaina turns around and, and slaughters a bunch of Blood Elves, and she's the villain.
1: That's because those were innocent blood elves. I mean, I guess you could say those Quilper cool, were
0: innocent too.
1: <laughs> um, but like,
0: but, yeah. But but I guess the point though is that they, they turned, you know, the same thing with Taranda. They turned Taranda super ragey. They turned Jaina super ragey. At least with Taronda, it felt more like they turned her like angry, but with an outlet.
1: Yes. Yep. I mean, it wasn't just random rage.
0: Like, yeah, like like it was like no, like it is focused on Sylvanas, and so that kind of gave her like whereas like Jaina just hated the Horde in general. Yeah, and so yeah, like all they could really do was kind of like okay, like if we're gonna have the Horde and the Alliance working together, we have to write Jaina out of the story. Yep. Um, which they did. Yep. Uh, but then, but then, that th- let her come back, and especially I-, I think the way that they handled Jaina as far as you know bringing her back, letting her you know meet her mom again and her you know her brother. And, you know, putting her, you know, through Thros a little bit. And and then I I think they kind of they were able to, like, you know, bring the temperature down on her character, so to say, to the point where you could get that sequence with her and Thrall holding hands and giving googly eyes to each other and forgetting (laughs) that Agra for like five minutes um, when they're standing there looking at Thunder Bluff. Uh So, yeah, that'll that'll be their spot. (laughs) We'll go meet there, uh, you know, every like third Friday night or something, you know. (laughs) i thought you were in a ball- bowling club thrall it was, your, no it was your blacksmithing club
2: yeah i thought it was a blacksmithing <laughs> club He's like, don't judge me yeah,
0: I gotta, go. gotta go get blacksmithing supplies you're getting blacksmithing supplies a lot you don't really make that many more axes anymore
1: oh gotta, it's just depressing need,
0: need more ore <laughs> uh, the kids the kids are being very loud thrall <laughs> <laughs> no
1: nah, yeah. i i think you're right though like the thing that was different to me between Tyranda and Jaina was that I and both had good justifications for their rage in in you know a story setting. Um, for me, Tyrande kind of going to that extreme makes more sense because of like Darkshore, because of the tree Teldrassil burning down, right? Like. Most of her, not most of her people, a large portion of her population is dead, and that is directly Sylvanas' fault. So it's like, ah, yes, I could see her sacrificing her life force and becoming this very intense version of herself, driven by revenge, just for this purpose. I'm like, okay, that actually feels pretty good and kind of neat to have her back in the story, being pretty bad about things. I'm like, cool. Didn't feel as great when she's like, I'm going to jump into the Shadowlands. I'm like, okay, well, there there she goes. I'm like, okay, well, hopefully we'll see her again at some point. And she's not just going to... Something's going to happen to her between now and then. But... Um, I know a lot of people also had feelings about the uh, the fight between Sylvanas and Taronda, which...
0: I, that was a good fight, though. It was, except I mean, for choking
1: and undead. I'm like, they don't need to breathe.
0: No, but it wasn't about... If she wasn't trying to choke her. She was trying to pop her head off.
1: It was probably true. Like,
0: <laughs> no, but it's just... No.
1: the first things you're just
0: like the problem that i have is that mid-arc when we don't know how it's going to resolve when jaina is just angry and you know like that's kind of her like top quality trait and or when you know Taronda is you know full night warrior Mm -hmm. and you know people tend to complain like oh they're they're ruining their female characters and and, th- th- you know, you're, th- they, you know, I'm sure somebody might will disagree with me and say, no, like the arc didn't pan out. I don't, I don't like how it ended or whatever. And that's fine to sit there at that point and say, okay, like, yeah, you didn't, you <laughs> know, you didn't care how, like, they, you know, kind of brought Jaina back with her family and everything. And now, you know, she's in a better place or they, they you know, they were able to, you know, resolve Tyrande, you know, kind of, you know, possibly losing it with the Night Warrior. um, You know, they were able to do all that stuff. And at the end of the arc, you can look back and say, okay. Right. I didn't like how it went, but it, it, I, it, I always, I like, and it's, I mean, it's one thing to sit there and say mid arc. I don't like where this is going. I'm uncomfortable with this. Like I get that because it's like, you don't know, and, but that's the problem is you don't know where it's going. There's a chance they can take it in a direction that you may not be considering. And, and, you know, you may think like, Oh, like Tyrande you know, just, he's just some crazy, uh, you, know, so, so, you know, some crazy night elf. And, and it, it doesn't sit with me, you know, like at least let them land the plane. And then you can talk about like, did the flight make sense or not? Right, because um, I, I at least you know I mean you're 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 perfectly free to think that they 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 didn't you know handle Torando well. I the one thing I liked about Torando was that it wasn't they weren't saying to Torando like you're out of line for being so angry. No, you're not justified. They were saying this power is going to kill you. It's right. like you know. It's like you went and you got like napalm, and you're just throwing that around at people. Like you're gonna hurt yourself, right? <laughs> like this, right. This won't end well for you. It was never, you know, like oh, like you're you're being too hard on the horde, or mm. you, you know, you're you're not playing fair. Fe- like no, they were like, we're trying to save you, Tyrande. That that's what the arguments there. Like with Jaina, at least, I mean, Jaina never went quite as ballistic as Taronda, but she also wasn't infused with the power of a god-like creature, whatever <laughs> a loon is. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so I can kind of understand the argument, like, yeah, Jaina kind of got angry just for anger's sake a little bit, a little bit more. And especially it. Jaina was angry for so long was the other problem. I mean, it was from mists until battle for Azeroth that, I mean, you know, you had angry Jaina is kind of like a, a meme almost, whereas, you know. Tyrande I feel you know is halfway through battle for Azeroth she gets the night warrior power and then pretty much as soon as she gets it they're like we have to we have to undo this like this was bad and then you know then then you have them you know especially like Shandris worried about well how do we bring Tyrande back how do we protect Tyrande and then that's you know one of the three main focuses of the night elf the night fae story is protecting Tyrande and and getting that resolved and I, I do have to say having finally finished the night fae covenant the other day um that was I like the Night Fake Covenant. It just felt like and I think we kind of said this back when we had Kara and uh and uh was it uh I think it was uh Solaris Weston on the show mm-hmm. to talk about the uh to talk about the Night Fake Covenant. But I like the Night Fake Covenant, but it just felt like they took it was like, the other Covenants, I felt like, had a much better through line. The Nightfake Covenant was, like, every story is, like, every, every time you're, you're switching up, you got three plots that you're following. And, and at the time, you don't realize, like, none of them are really going to resolve until later in the expansion. Except for the Drust one, which never really resolves. Interesting. So, although, I, I saw, I forget where I saw this. It's probably on Reddit somewhere, so take this with a grain of salt. Um, but apparently there are theories out that Corthia was supposed to be a Drust zone
1: i could see that
0: yes and they you know then they like just kind of you know they threw the the broker stuff in there because that you know it was like a dress zone and they they needed to make it a broker zone or not broker uh like the uh like the attendance and all that
1: mm-hmm.
0: the the yeah yeah to, to to make it work but but I'm, I'm looking yeah i'm looking around like this that actually kind of sounds about right that yeah that uh I that mean, would made sense.
1: it does kind of fit the aesthetic, especially with some of the big, like, winding trees and bones and that kind of
0: stuff. You know, we, we should do an episode on all of the planned, planned, I'm using that term loosely, uh, not raid, well, some of it raid content, but like planned patch and raid content that has been cut from the game. Cause I mean, we know, uh, like warlords <laughs> was cut short. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, the the Abyssal Maw—that mm-hmm. was a raid for, ca- for cataclysm. Going back to cataclysm, there was supposed to be a, a, another raid there that yeah. we had never got.
1: The, the Neptuloon one. Are you supposed to yeah. you know, save him?
0: Yeah. And instead, he just shows back up in the sh- Shaman Hall.
1: He's oh, like, no, yeah, I'm I, fine." I'm like, "Oh, okay," because it looked like you were kind of in a pinch there, and I didn't hear from you in a while, and I wasn't sure if you're still at the bottom of the ocean, but you seem fine.
0: <laughs> there was a time when. Uh, I was visiting a friend in college and uh, a bunch of us went out uh, one night, we went to a bunch of like parties as we're going around uh, my friend's college. And we got to this one party where none of us knew anybody. And there were four of, uh, I no, there were five of us, five of us who were, we were all traveling together. Uh, one of the guys was European. Um, not that that really matters for the story, but that was like his one distinguishing characteristic that I remember after all these years, cause it's been a long time, but it was the, the European guy. And so we're at this party, like the four of us are just kind of standing in a corner by ourselves. Like we don't fit in with anybody there. The European guy's off having fun or whatever. And we're like, okay, like this party, we're not really fitting in here. Let's leave. The European guy's like, I'm staying. And I think he'd met a girl or something. I don't know. Like, he's like, I'm staying. I'm having fun here. We're like, okay, fine. Apparently like my friend didn't see him for like a week. <laughs> and then he just shows up and everything's fine. And like, that's kind of Neptalon. <laughs> like we left Neptalon and kind of a. Eevee situation and then he just shows up fine after like a week with no no call no text no nothing
1: (laughs) yeah it's it definitely was one of those uh loose plot threads of cataclysm and to be fair over warcraft's development there there have been quite a few plot threads but what what's interesting about those is sometimes in future expansions they'll pay off right like i'm I mean, Illyria and Torellion are probably, like, the most classic one I could think of, but um, it's kind of fun when they actually try and tie back to something. Like, oh, this, this is what happened, and you're like, huh, okay, and they're like, and moving right along, and you're like, well, okay, I guess that's, like, actually the answer to this question, so they do, they do tie things up on occasion. Um, but it would be interesting to do uh, a podcast on either... The zones that they wound up cutting or the raids or like there was a lot of planned stuff and it from the excuse me, from the game development cycle of things. A lot of stuff happens where just production wise, you can't fit it in. Or sometimes when you get to the point where you actually go to start fleshing out areas or zones or raids, uh, you're like, this doesn't make sense anymore. This doesn't fit anymore with where, you know, maybe the narrative is going or what have you. So at that point, then it's like, OK, how do we if we've been working on pieces that are going to go to this, how do we recoup those and then change it into whatever we need it to be? So it would be interesting to do that. Um, I know that I talk about it a lot, but I Jules was, was supposed to be a questing zone and then they made it uh, a couple of dungeons. It's like one of those things where it's like, ah, there's so many cool things that they, they wanted to do that they didn't wind up doing. But I still hope we can go there someday. That's my like. A big thing—it's insects
0: under us. I would think Azeroth. we're going to have to. Th- there's more to do there. I think we'd have to go back to that at some point.
1: I mean, but. I just in general, um there's a lot of uh giant insects. Okay, I just had this thought, and it's kind of gross, so forgive me, people. But like, Azeroth has a bunch of insectoid creatures burrowing in it all the time. Like there are like whole underground civilizations for. Um, why can't I think of the, the Karaji. Well, the Karaji, yep. Uh, Manted. Manted, yep. And Sithlid is another one. I mean, they're they're kind of all in the same vein. But I'm like, oh, that's like kind of gross. You're just like, ah. Oh, I'm, I'm Azeroth
0: needs like some like anti lice shampoo.
1: Oh, uh, I know, right? It's like kind of gross to think about it. Like, I hope Azeroth and like, oh, I can hear them crawling around up there. Like, that would be unsettling. Ugh. Anyhow, with that lovely <laughs> thought. um, yeah, I I think that there's uh there's a lot of content that's changed and uh, been dropped over the years. It would be really interesting to go back to that at some point.
0: Right, but some content that will not be dropped is us talking about Sylvanas.
1: Oh no, here we go again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, so overall, I think I don't. know, I guess I'm glad with how like the the Sylvanas story resolved itself. I mean, the the book was a very. I think that's the thing is that. Like when I think back to Lost, I know I've talked about Lost a lot on the show. Like one of the things I enjoy I enjoyed not knowing. I enjoyed trying to suss out what was going on. I enjoyed the experience of watching that show. Like yes, some weeks were frustrating, some weeks, you know, were were exciting. But overall, I look back at like the, you know, the 6 years that that show was on TV and and you know, for going on that narrative arc, it was an enjoyable experience. And it's I don't know if I can say the same looking at like the 6 years that we've spent here like trying to figure out what's going on with Sylvanas. And the main reason I say that, I don't know if we can say the same thing is because like lost had a very set pattern. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, came in September left in May, unless it didn't cause a shorter season or whatever, like the, whatever the networks did. But overall, you know, I, un- I understood what I was getting with that. Right. Whereas it's like, okay, you know, we're going to get, here's a patch content. Here's an ex- a cinematic. Here's a, you know, a cutscene and an expansion. um, You know, and and the thing, too, is like they came at such, you know, I mean, obviously they have reasons. It's not like a completely random interval. It's not like they're just like, oh, drop the cinematic. Um, But there was no steady pace to the story. And I I don't I think overall, when I look back at Warlords, I've actually seen this happening now. People going back and saying, I don't understand why people didn't like Warlords, that it was a great expansion. And I'm like. I hear you, and I know why you think it was a great expansion, mm-hmm. and that's because the one thing that doesn't carry forward, that doesn't propagate when you play an expansion as it existed, is that you don't get the downtime. When right. you play through the leveling experience in Warlords and then go right into the raids and, you know, do the zone, and, you know, you, you go right into the jungle and you, you play through all that, it's a tight little package and it's very well put together. Yes and you can maybe spot a little thing here or there where you know, maybe there was something more, but regardless, it all fits together. And if you just look at that now as somebody going back and be like, oh yeah, you know, even if I'm, I'm going to take a fresh character and level up through Warlords and go through that experience, it's a great experience. But you weren't there for the, what was it, like 14 months of Hellfire Citadel? Mm-hmm. Like, you bad. weren't there for the, you know, what, what was it? You, you, you weren't there for the selfie patch when we we're dying for content. And oh, they right. gave us, I think they gave us the selfie cam, and, and then I think the jukebox came out in that expa- that patch too, didn't it? Like there was, like,
1: yeah, but there was know, a content I, drought, and I think yeah, that's that's one of those things. Like I remember Mists of Pandaria, like this happens pretty much every expansion where either except like, Legion, huh? Except Legion, okay, fair enough.
0: But Legion, <laughs> but, but but yeah. But anyway, not to interrupt, continue.
1: Okay. But it, it's – I lost my train of thought. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay because so I was like, oh, yeah, because Legion – well, I mean, Legion was great because you could continuously level characters. And I I don't know. Right. They always felt like there was so much to do, uh, which right. is nice.
0: Um, oh, I, no. Go ahead. Well, as you say, the thing about Legion – and I guess that's, that's like the thing is – it's easy to look at Legion and say, like, okay, like Legion came out on, on uh, you know, what is August 28th or August 30th or whatever of t- 2016. And then it ended, um, you know, by August 18th of, you know, 2018. And it fit perfectly in there. And there, you know, just when it was starting get Long in the Tooth is really when something came along. But the problem with that still is that you can't see it's unfair to blame the end of Warlords of Draenor for The content drought when that content drought was entirely due to us waiting for Legion, and the same thing at the end of Mr. Pandaria. That content drought we are stuck to in Siege of Orgrimmar for like 14 months or whatever was us waiting for warlords. Mm-hmm. So, the real impressive thing is that, that, that going from well, one going from uh Legion into Battle for Azeroth, or, or you know, that they did they, they had Battle for Azeroth ready that quickly, and, and mm-hmm. you know, some people will say, Look, look at the state Azerite armor, they didn't have it ready, um, but. <laughs> But overall, I mean, exactly, yeah. But oh, but but the fact is, we got into that pretty quickly, and I think, I think, really, the problem is that when we look back at Shadowlands, I think one, you're going to see people in about six years because it seems that's about how long it takes. Mm -hmm. You're going to see people in six years looking back saying that was a that was a great expansion. The story did make sense, um, for the most part. The jailer still might be a weak villain. I, I mean, there's there's work to be done there, but. You know, but look at the Sylvanas arc. Look at you know the the depth they had for the covenants and all that stuff, and the mm-hmm. covenant system. You know, want, now completely removed of any real power because I'm sure they'll wind up. You know, the covenant abilities are probably going to be nixed in ten uh, oh, yeah. point any or whatever. Because um, nothing sticks around like that. It's all borrowed power anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, people are going to look back and say, you know what, the, the leveling experience wasn't that bad. It's a very tight expansion, but. Again, like they weren't there. And the weird thing about Shadowlands is that the, the content drought, the worst of it came after 9.0. Yep. It wasn't at the end,
1: mm-hmm. which yeah, is exactly.
0: unusual.
1: I mean, it was an unusual time to be
0: fair. And that's the problem. That's the problem is you have to look at it in context.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That I think a lot of the problems with Shadowlands, and therefore a lot of the problems that we have experiencing Sylvanas' story as told through Shadowlands is because the content was so irregular and it's hard to really get into the narrative and appreciate that and and it, it's so sparse because I mean it, the, the nice thing about Christy Golden's book is that it's not like it's released a chapter at a time like here's a chapter oh. Like I'll, I'll put the chapters out when I write them yeah that would <laughs> Or you know, drive me nuts. We'll, we'll put the podcast out when we record it like <laughs> <laughs> you get to enjoy it all in one you know l- literally I think I read it in like two days or whatever because like you know uh, I, I needed to read it because we're going to talk about it. Like mm-hmm. it, it, you know, you, you so you, so you get the whole story, you get the beginning, middle and end, you get the rising action and the climax and the denouement, all in one, you know, package that you can consume at your own rate. And instead here, even going from, you know, the, the, the end of the, the raid where, you know, we beat the jailer. We're still like, well, what's going on with Sylvanas? We had to wait till 9.2.5 for that little final coda with her and Anduin. Right. It didn't, so, it's
1: like too, too long in between answers, which, and it, I don't know, they've kind of done that all along for Sylvanas, but like, it's kind of funny because if you think about like Garrosh, and I, I'm comparing them, because I feel like it's a good comparison kind of in pacing between the two characters. Garrosh felt like he had constant beats where, like, we kind of knew what was happening with him, and we, ne- we didn't necessarily know what he was going to do next, but we had an inkling that it wasn't going to be good, right? But well, for Sylvanas, the- I think that one of the problems is that we separated people into loyalists and, like, you know, people that were like, oh, yeah, I- she's a villain, right? Um, and so there were a faction of people that was like, okay, I believe whatever she's doing, it's got to be for the better of something like she's she's got it she can't be truly evil uh and and they did a good job kind of wrapping that up in the book in my mind like they did a good job explaining uh how she came to the conclusion she did and i'm like okay that actually makes sense to me um but i feel like with the sporadic drops it was very frustrating for both sides because the loyalists are like okay well i wanted to be loyal and stay loyal but i'm not getting enough like beats to know what's going on, which is supposed to be a mystery. And they did a a decent enough job making it a mystery kind of like lost. But then when we started to know what was going on, we still didn't really know enough of what was going on. If that makes sense. It's like, okay, Sylvanas is in the Shadowlands, but she's doing stuff. Woo! And you're like, okay, but I came here for answers and now there's still no answers. Uh, And I guess I think that was kind of frustrating uh, for the fandom in general, like you're saying.
0: It, well, the problem is that Sylvanas became a lot more merciless. Also, well, I, I mean, she was always kind of merciless in yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Um, but I think she, maybe she was using it on who what we would consider to be like innocent people a little bit mm-hmm. more than than we might have been comfortable with. And you know, it's one of those things where it's like when your your friend is acting, you know, like bad for lack of a better word and, mm-hmm. and you know you're like dude like what's going on and you, you you're just pull aside like what's going on like talk to me why are you, you know, acting out like this exactly being a jerk and you can't you know you can't do that with Sylvanas we just kind of have to be like okay I'm gonna fu- be a loyalist because I mean Lorthamar actually they do a very good job of like letting him represent like the conflict because mm-hmm. he's like look he's like okay yeah burning Teldrassil not great not great at all Mm-hmm. But not a fan. <laughs> she like she gave her life in service to Quelthalos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her family, you know, you know, was was were hallmarks of, you know, uh, you know, Sindori society, or I guess not not the Sindori at the time, the Kaldori, mm-hmm. Kaldori society. Okay, yep. And you know, you know, and and you know, you know, she's, you know, time and time again proven to be an ally of the Blood Elves and, and whatnot. And so mm-hmm. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Like, it doesn't look good. Like, he can see that. He's not an idiot. No. But at the same time, he's like, I can't, I'm not ready to turn on her. And I, and I think that's a, it's not till really like the end of, you know, it's not really until like she reveals herself to be working with the jailer that L- Lorthamar is like, I should have, I, I should have gone after her sooner.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, he kind of realizes like, yeah, he made a mistake because then, you know, it, it's the beginning of Shadowlands when she has the the leaders abducted and Lorthamar, You know, you go talk to Lorthamar because he's like the last guy left up in Orgrimmar, right? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I I shouldn't, you know, I, I kind of let my my feel, you know, my my feelings about Sylvanas, you know, blind me on this, and it's like, you know, he
1: actually, he didn't know, interesting, because I wonder if that's why she spared him. I, ne- I never thought about it. But, like, her and Lorthamar have history, and she well, grabbed some of the leaders, but not all of them.
0: Indirectly, mm-hmm. because she took everybody that, like, went hard at her, like, mm-hmm. that was leading the rebellion right. at the end of BFA. And I, I don't think Lorthamar was there because he was on the fence about it. He, right. I don't think he was outside the gates of Orgrimmar there. Like, it was Thrall and Jaina and Anduin and, well, Sor- Sorfang's not mm-hmm. there anymore.
1: Not right, but he was um, there.
0: He, yeah, yeah. You know, no. She, she, she took. You know, B- Bane. Even then, because he had gone against her in battle for Azeroth. She took everybody. You know, or, or not even uh, outside the gates of Orgrimmar. It was everybody that was in the uh, in the the crossroads cinematic, mm-hmm. out, which is where they called the crossroads cinematic. And it's not set at the crossroads. It's set at. Uh, it's set out, uh, just outside Thunder Bluff.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird. But
2: Both, whatever.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But yeah. No, no. I guess I'd never really considered that. Although I'm in a way, I part of me is a little surprised that she didn't want to like go after Talanji because Talanji gave her a lot of lip at one point, which I really liked.
0: I I need Talonji. I want Talanji to be the war chief. I don't like right? that we have a council. I want a war chief. I want it to be Talanji.
1: Thank <laughs> you. Okay, I'm sorry. It it really bothers me. I think I talked about this on the last podcast. One of the reasons I feel like Shadowlands, kind of, parts of it, well, a lot of it has been great, and I don't want people to take this as criticism for the entire expansion. Um, one of the reasons that parts of it have left a bitter taste in my mouth, I think, is because they put a lot of change uh, into the Horde. Like, they changed how it was structured, they changed a lot of, like, you know, they changed the leaders, they're, um, they changed, like, the Forsaken, uh, how the Forsaken lead their own people i'm like okay i i get it i get it i know like we've had a war chief and we don't want to do that system anymore but it's like i feel like there has to be someone at the head though because then otherwise it's like it it just feels like it's in disarray right now to me it feels uh almost too chaotic because it's it's weird that we don't have a one-for-one with the alliance anymore because like alliance have king anduin and he's leading them and we have we have no idea we're just all here and we're just like in a room throwing papers at each other and yelling. I don't know. It's not that bad, but it it doesn't feel good not to have a figure to rally behind anymore. Like, that feels pretty bad it, to me, if I'm being honest, because it's like uh it didn't matter who it was. Like I loved Vol'jin. Everybody knows I love Vol'gin. Uh it was really cool to have a leader that wasn't an orc. Uh, and even having Sylvanas for a while, is was like, okay, cool. Like we can rally behind this character that everyone knows. She's uh, once that she's a character, I don't want to say like Pikachu, but in a way I know that people recognize her as being part of the Warcraft universe, although they know nothing about Warcraft. Um, and so I feel like having that figurehead to rally behind and be proud of, even if they're not doing things that you absolutely love at the time, you're like, okay, well, this feels cool. Cause like the story is focused on some character that I, you know, I need to care about, or I can go directly interact with. Uh, and turning it into a council, just I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. It just feels like there is no leadership now. <laughs> like right. no one wants to. No one wants to get up on that helm. Or they're like, it's like, did you see the last couple of people that got on that throne? Like they all, they all died, man. Like I don't want to get up
0: there. <laughs> see, we need another alternate Gul'dan to show up, and he, he's already taken over the Shadow Council in past iterations. Like. You know, get let him figure out how to get, infiltrate this council, and maybe we'll get some dreadlords in there. I don't know. It's I just you know, like you said, like it's all about having that like figure to rally around. I mean, as much as Sylvanas was problematic, mm-hmm. that that battle for Azeroth cinematic, it was so good. Like, even even knowing how everything turns out, like, yes, I still get goosebumps and every time. I don't understand why they don't macro um or like you know lust bloodlust and uh heroism mm-hmm. like that's what that moment, those moments were mm-hmm. when sylvanas yells for the horde that's her you know calling you know you know shaman bloodlust like, right and then went on to and does, does his uh you know giant resurrection
1: thing yeah yeah
0: yeah that, that's heroism and and like they should just set it so, like, when that gets cast in your raid, like everybody yells, like, for you know, for the horde, for the alliance, mm-hmm. like that should, you know, that should just happen.
1: That would be cool. I actually know that I I want to make a macro because you can do slash for the horde. I yes. don't know that a lot of people know that they they put that in in BFA, which was really fun. Um, but yeah, like it, having that point to rally behind, and it, I don't want to dive too much into this other topic, but it, it does. This part actually brings up another part that i think i feel strongly about and i know i we've talked about having like third factions or completely dissolving factions and i know that ian at one point he's like you can't you can't do that and i i tend to agree with him like gameplay aside like having people be able to join raids that are on opposite factions parties that's fine i got that that's i think that's great but taking away the tension between the horde and alliance i feel like guts a lot of what warcraft is and so like there there has to be that kind of balance between the two and I, I think that's what i get from like the leaders as well right like there's there's usually a tension between them like they can get along like mr pandaria we always talk about that scene where the human just hands the orc the spear right and they're like okay we're working together now like that can happen uh but it feels weird when like it feels like right now the entirety of warcraft is in disarray to some extent like the leaders are in disarray we haven't been back to azeroth for a while that could be in disarray like the shadowlands was kind of a mess not not necessarily like narrative, but like a lot happened in the shadowlands and it wasn't super personal to our characters and so we're like okay we're going here and we're like sorting out all of this mess to like save the universe and make sure everything's stable and then we're gonna go home and i'm gonna make myself a nice home-cooked meal it's gonna be a three-year time skip because i don't want to see anyone for three years so it just kind of feels interesting that there's a, a lot of change and it feels like uh both the game itself is changing which is I think it's good for it to change, but also it feels uncomfortable for me right now. I'm like, this doesn't quite feel like the the narrative that I'm used to. So
0: the problem with the factions as they were, hmm. is that you've got the in-game factions where you can have as much strife between them as you want. I think it would have been fascinating if they're gonna if they're doing a time skip, they could have like, I think of uh, Parks and Rec when they did a time skip for their last season. And we come in, uh, you know, after the time skip and Leslie and Ron, who had been like, you know, super close, all of a sudden at each other's throats, like they can't even be in the same room together. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, what happened? And they, that was like a five-year time skip and it was two characters who were close and then they set it up so like, oh no, they, they hate each other now. Now, you've already got two factions who... Are already kind of at odds with each other. You could have said, "Okay, we're going to give you like a ten year time skip, and we're not going to tell you why the Alliance and Horde super hate each other now, but it is full on war, and like yeah. there are, you know, like it, it, you know, they're they're ready to, you know, shoot on sight kind of stuff. You know, they, they could have done something like that, but and that, that would have narratively that would have been interesting. I don't know how that would work from a gameplay perspective, so I'm not going to, you know, question why they didn't do something like that too much. But the problem is that. You've got these two, two factions in game and you can kind of, you know, because they're the factions as they exist in that context, you can manipulate them narratively. However you want, you can Mm -hmm. have them be friendly. You can, you know, you know, that's the the whims of the, uh, you know, the narrative team. The problem is that you've got the player base mapped over that. And yes, you've got your handful of people, you, you know, we've seen occasionally where, you know, you have, you know, like a horde person suddenly show up in an Alliance pug or something. They're like, yeah, get them out of here. They kick them out or whatever, you know, same thing the other way. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're usually very uh, ill-mannered when they do that. But, you know, so you got a handful of people that are, you know, militantly pro faction. And then most people, they just want to play with their friends is the problem. And like too often that we just run into that barrier. I mean, I've been able to take advantage of the cross-faction rating and raid with a bunch of Alliance people or run some dungeons with a bunch of Alliance people. Um, you know, and it's been fun because it's all, oh, hey, it's like these are people I don't normally get to, you know, raid with unless I raid on my all. Right. So, you know, so that's been kind of neat. But it, it, it's I, I think I think the problem is you're right. Like at the, at the end of the day, for a franchise called Warcraft, I want my factions at war. Mm-hmm. But for an MMO, I think we've passed the point where you can justifiably have two factions that don't communicate that it, you know, unless it's like a PVP designed MMO, because even then going back to what wow was, wow was, I mean, PVP was there, but it was never like the thing. The, right. The thing about wow was the questing. Yes. Especially early on. And you know, then, then it, now it's become the, the thing about WoW is the rating and like you had like the Warhammer, like uh, the Warhammer MMO uh, that came out around, like, 2010-ish, I want to say, 2009, 2010, Um, you know, I remember playing that one. That one was very PvP-based, because, like, even then, they were like, there is no safe capital city. Like, your capital city can be under attack at any time by a, a, a raid that comes over, and it's not the same as, like, you know, you'd be in an Orgrimmar, and they'd come in and kill Thrall. Like, you know, like, you'd lose parts of your city and stuff, and... and you know, I, I mean, there was some questing in there, but for the most part, like that was intentionally PvP oriented. Um, like that, I, I think if you design it from the ground up to be like that, you know, that's something you could have. But then again, that game is defunct now. So I still have, right. I still have some gift cards that uh, or subscription cards oh, no. that I didn't even get to use. But
2: put them in the uh, museum.
0: <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, it's I, th- I I I think. If they were going to do a time skip, what I would have liked them to do, and I know it's almost like they picked three years because it's just enough to say, yes, there's a time skip without really changing too much. Right? Like they can just change a handful of things here or there, but it's not like, oh, hey, like everybody, you know, is dead. And now, you know, we're hanging out with their kids kind of thing. Like,
1: I feel like that's the problem we also have with Warcraft is every expansion is about two years, like both real time and in game. It's like two to five years whenever something happens and you're like, okay, at some point. Like, for example, Clanker is like, OK, he's he's going to start getting up there pretty soon. And I'm like, because goblins like historically can live to be about 100, but most of them don't make it there because they die in tragic accidents, like blowing themselves up. Uh, but it's like it's one of those things where it's like, OK, your adventurers are starting to age. Not that a lot of people think of it canonically that way, but those in the RP community that aren't elves or a long lived race are kind of like, so, how old am I now, or like, do I just have to ignore this part of the lore that this happened, and I have to keep staying forever young, or like, how does this work like and you know, like thrall he's um he's had a family now. It's like are his kids gonna start to be like like little onduins like are we gonna start to watch them come up through the ranks too? uh it'll be interesting to see where well, that goes
0: We're approaching the point where, oh, what's his kid's name? Uh, he has Durak. two, doesn't he? Durak, I think Dirac is one Durak of them. Durak
1: and, yeah. Uh, I don't I remember what the little girl is. is. I think it's a little girl.
0: But I think it's a little girl, you're right. I mean, he was born after Cataclysm, mm-hmm. I mean, before Mists. So he's got to be about like 13 or 14. And we know like orcs hit maturity around like 16 or 17. Like, wasn't that how old Thrall was when he like started leading the horde and breaking out of Durnhold?
1: Probably teenage years.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, he's got to be close to being, like, getting an adult orc model.
1: Which is kind of weird to think about, honestly. Right. I don't think we have, like, young... And this is a little random. Um, Forgive me for the slight tangent. We don't have uh different model types for, like, orc bodies. You know, everyone has the same muscular orc body. Uh, and what's interesting to me, just bringing up this little side point... Uh, is that now with the Drekthir they've actually done like a body slider? So it's like you can have a really muscular Drekthir, or you can have a very skinny Drekthir. And part of me hopes that they might bring that uh, to other characters as well, because that would be kind of nice to be like, oh, hey, here's like a teenage orc that's a little on the skinnier, you know, side of things hasn't quite built up all those years of muscle or anything like that. Uh, it'd be interesting to kind of. It'd be nice to see more. Um, Differences between characters, I guess, and I I hope they're going that way. I think they uh, are slowly.
0: I could see them doing that when they feel it's time to upgrade the models again. I mean, they just did that back in Warlords.
1: Yeah, so. but that was a while ago. <laughs> that
0: was that was a while ago? But I mean, I, I, you know, I guess the, they have to this. They have to decide like when is it going to be worth it? I mean, those old models needed the update. Oh yeah. I think the new models have, have held up fairly well for the time being. Um, it's mostly if anything, people just want more customizations now. They don't necessarily want like they're they're high enough res. They just want you know, give me all the hairs. Give me all the, you know, I, what is it? They said there's like 80 billion different drakthir you can have because of all the customizations. There's a lot of which,
1: customization. I've been very impressed with the the pictures I've seen.
0: I don't get how like your Under Armour is a customizable thing. Like like as a drakthir, you can customize your underwear, but it's all armor.
1: Right. Uh, yep. I don't know if they can show armor over. The direct theory. I'm not sure, so that might be part. of it. I think
0: it might be. Yeah, some of it might be because they can't show some ar- armor spots, I guess. But that's um, that's an interesting choice that they made there. But yeah, there's there's a ton of customization on there. Um, you know, as you'll see when you get into the game. Yes, but uh, no, it's it, it's just I don't I, I don't know. I, I think they they could have played. You know, give maybe give a larger time skip. I think they need to just mix the factions up. I think you you, you know what it is. It's like you watch like some of like the reality shows and it's like, you know, like, Oh, shifting alliances. Oh, like these people are together. Oh, now these people like, it's like no alliance. And I'm using that word intentionally in this case, like no alliance is static. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like we, they teased it a little bit like, Oh, maybe the blood elves, you know, back in uh, mist, maybe the blood elves will join the horde or not the horde, the, the alliance rather, like, you the know, blood like further. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, you, you know, it'd be neat if it'd be neat. I think that's the thing is that like, have the alliance have the horde and you know just let everybody be pandaren like everybody can kind of choose where they want to go like you know what the factions stand for you know who the leaders are the leaders would be free to switch around so it's not like oh hey if like you know lorthamar decides he wants to be part of the alliance now cuz he doesn't like garrosh i as a blood elf don't have to follow him i can stay with garrosh like let the let the factions actually stand for something give them a a distinct difference that's because, I mean, at this point, they're both really just for Azeroth. They're like, hey, hey, you know, like, we just want to, you know, they, 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 there's no, like, there's no real philosophy between the two of them that, like, I can get behind to be like, oh, no, like, this is, you know, like, the, you know, like, as the Horde is composed now, there's, you know, even then with the Council, the Council makes it feel more like the Alliance. Because it's all, you know, like you said, there's no strong, strong leader there. Like, so, you know, like let the leadership be malleable. Let, let the, the, the main NPC characters, you know, Bane and Jaina and, and, you know, Thrall and Anduin, like let them move back and forth between whatever groups they want, but let the players do that too. And then, you know what? Yeah. If you're going to have humans running around Orgrimmar, I don't care because it's, it, it's never, you know, I think that's the one thing is that for the faction difference to be race based, that's problematic. And for it to be so starkly race based, like that's problematic, especially with a lot of what we're seeing out in the world these days, like make it more ideological. And so that it's like, okay, you know what you like show a bunch of orcs like, oh, hey, this, this human here, he's cool with the war chief, and we're cool with him. And then he can come in and like, he can be part of the horde or, you know, this draenei, you know, yeah, you, you know, you've had atrocities between like the orcs and the draenei or whatever, like, you know, but that given draenei may not be, you know, be as concerned about that or whatever he doesn't you know like let people choose where they want to go and, and I think that's how you open it up and then you don't necessarily need a third faction you don't even you can even then at that point you can ramp up the uh, animosity between the two factions if you actually give them a stark div- division to fight over I mean we saw they kind of started to get into that in Legion with the whole oh well this is why the horde had to flee but the alliance didn't see that and like there was a legit misunderstanding there that kind of fueled the hostilities even if it was a fairly banal This understanding like they could really, you know, give give the faction something to stand for. Let let the people move back and forth between them. And I I think you could actually build up the faction divide in a a way that's meaningful and let people choose how they want to go, because that was the other problem, too, is it's like if you're on the horde and you didn't like the burning of Teldrassil, you were stuck. You know, and, and and it's like, oh hey, you know what? If I see that the, the, the faction is doing something I don't like, I can leave. I you know, maybe give people a third option where they just don't have a faction. They're just completely new, like they're not aligned with the horde and they're not aligned with the alliance, but they're obviously they still exist in the game and they can still quest and do stuff. Um and but the you know, so it, it's it, so it doesn't feel so rigid because I think that's that's the problem with the faction divide, is that it, it as it as it existed as far as putting a barrier between alliance and horde players. The player base doesn't map to those factions anymore in any any meaningful way. And if you if you allow for the players to freely migrate between the two factions, that that negates any friction that you would have otherwise.
1: See, I think I have a, I know this is an unpopular opinion. I feel like that would ruin it for me. Totally. Like, I absolutely hate that idea, which from a gameplay perspective, like a player facing perspective, I get it. That would make a lot of sense. But it kind of takes us into the realm of MMOs like uh, Final Fantasy, for example, which is a great MMO and I'm not going to throw shade on it. I literally logged into it. I was like, I cannot feel any conflict because everyone's kumbaya and like, it's just you against like the bad (laughs) guys. I'm like, this is dumb. Like, there is no like, I can't fight people here or be mad. Um, Can you play as a Moogle? No, (laughs) you cannot play as a Moogle. Uh, it's it's a so again, no shade against it. I have not gotten to all of the expansions, which I hear have great story, uh so that this is not a critique on the story there. That was just merely when I when I logged in, it didn't have the tension that I liked. And so removing the races from their factions, it like I, on the one hand, it's like yes, I could see how it's starting to become problematic. And the reason for that is because when the factions were first created from a narrative perspective, they were created in contrasts, right? Like, the Horde was starkly different from the Alliance. Like, they were completely different ideals. Like, they, you know, they as different as can be. But over time, they've started to blend together. Like, you know, both player bases are like, okay, yeah, we kind of want to save Azeroth. Like, we want to... They have stopped becoming so different. And I think that's... It's tough. Like. The ideologies are even kind of blending between the two. Like, we don't see the hard lines like we used to have. Uh, And I honestly would like to see those lines be redrawn because I it feels like we lose so much when we just say, okay, let anyone go anywhere now. It's like, yeah, that that is more realistic towards how things happen in our world. But it also feels like we're losing something very precious that was warcraft that the divide of the two factions like the two pieces that are constantly warring over the world the 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 focus that has been all of world of warcraft has always been these two factions uh and it's it's tough because it's there isn't really a good answer to that um ian Hazakosis kind of came up and said that at one point he's like no the factions always have to be in conflict he's like they they might change someday but it in his opinion is like, I don't want it to change because that that is not war anymore. There is no conflict and that's what the game is based on. And so trying to figure out how to let players have agency and not necessarily be so wrapped up in one thing or another. And also, you you're not wrong, like there's in this day and age, uh people can assign attributes to things that probably where I, I very much I know are not intentional. Where people are like, ah, oh, this is a racist thing, and you're like, no, it was not meant to be that way. But people can take things in different contexts now than especially when it was made in 2004. Uh, but I think for now the best answer is to let people raid and party up together. I think for me that is the closest answer we'll get. Um, it will be interesting to see where we go from here with the races and factions and leaders, because as the ideals of the two blend and as the stories kind of blend and mingle together, we we lose those distinctions and it becomes less clear why we need the two factions and why it can't just be like a blend of factions. Not,
0: I, th- I think we're in agreement there. Because even then, like I said, like give give like the Alliance and the Horde like some polarizing philosophy that mm-hmm. you have to, you know, that like, you know, give them a main like thrust to to you know as far as why they're opposing each other it's like you're saying like they agree too much mm-hmm. they're too similar there it's basically it's literally coming down to just like which you know do you want red or blue right and like in, in, with minimal difference otherwise and if you actually give them a thing where it's like no like oh no i like i agreed with the even if it's like should pepperoni be on pizza and like if you're like, <laughs> like oh i agree with the horde on this like yeah yeah put pepperoni on pizza if you're like no the you know i agree with the alliance nope like you know, give them something to to fight over. But the problem is, if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna put a, you know, if you're gonna you know drive a wedge into the player base that way, you then have to let everybody self filter on that. You know, so it's like, okay, like, well, I, you know, I, I'm pro pepperoni. You're a pro pro uh, pineapple. So, did I say pepperoni or pineapple?
1: You said pepperoni, but I said pineapple. I meant pineapple because I, I love meant pineapple, pineapple on pizza. Yeah.
0: That's what I was thinking of exactly. So it's like, no, I'm pro pineapple. Let me go over and you know and be with the horde or like no I'm I'm vehemently anti pineapple I'm going with the alliance like oh but you know it, it can't be like oh well the horde is now going to be the pineapple on pizza faction well I'm I'm a torn and I don't like pineapple I'm stuck like you can't like there needs to be a way to remedy that now it could even be a thing where it's like okay we're going to give you a pre patch event before you know whatever you know faction blowout happens so for two weeks. You know, here's a handful of quests. You can talk to NPCs from both factions, almost like uh, like a rush week with like for like a frat or something mm-hmm. when you're going around. And then at the end of it, you better decide which you know frat you're joining because otherwise, you're going to be stuck with no service club on your your resume when you go to apply for a job. So <laughs> let you know let like let everybody kind of figure that out. And then you know if you put a limit on it, or if you you know you leave it open so that people can come and go as they choose. I think if you do that. You know, uh, if you if you do that, it allows the factions to be more strident. I mean, just imagine just imagine how Siege of uh, or, or uh, Teldrassil plays out. If I mean, if you you remember all the people that went around with no shoulders mm-hmm. because of the whole like oh we're taking off our shoulders thing as their like way of protesting. Imagine if they just straight up left the Horde, and then you go over to Stormwind, and all of a sudden now you see all these orcs and tauren and trolls over here with no shoulders because yep. they're still doing that. But all of a sudden, you see all these people over here, like, like whoa, like this is the direct fallout of Sylvanas's action, and you can actually see the migration from one capital to the other. Um, You know, there's things they could do to play with that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I can see if you're like, you know, if 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 you don't want it, maybe too, you know, free free flowing, that maybe you do want to lock that down. But uh...
1: I feel like the problem with that. There's a lot of mechanical problems with that that are just uh, purely, like, gameplay issues, not, not like, player-facing f- issues, but, like, back-end issues that would cause a lot of problems to have something like that happen. Uh, and then the, it would kind of trickle down to players, too, because then you'd have some people in Orgobar, you're like, great, it's a ghost town now, I love this game. And it's like, okay, well, I, you know, most people wind up going to, into one faction or another.
0: Well, real quickly, because we're already at the two-hour mark. Um... For now, because I'm assuming we'll talk about her again at some point. Probably next week we'll come up with a reason. Yep. Um, but what are our final thoughts on how things stand with Sylvanas?
1: All right. Um, I think they did a really good job wrapping up her and her character. Like you said, they did a great job filling in the gaps. I was, I was worried that I wasn't going to be pleased with the ending, but I feel like they did a good enough job explaining her thoughts and where she came from, that it it felt organic to me, at least as organic as it possibly could with the the plot threads that we had. Uh, and I, I'm pleased where they left off. And I think that her character is in a, a good and a very interesting spot because when we come back to her, she will be very different from the Sylvanas we did know, but they did a good job wrapping that up. Like, in a way, it doesn't excuse what she did, but in a way we got to watch the Sylvanas we did know Deteriorate into a different kind of Sylvanas, and then we, like, from that we immediately got a brand new Sylvanas, which is kind of weird. So, like, it's gonna be interesting if when she comes back, and that'll be really fun to explore and hear all of her her stories.
0: Where is Nathanos?
1: I know she. I have like she better go try and find him because I was very upset. Like, especially because you know that she knows he's down there somewhere because Taranda killed him because she's like I. Also, my little nitpick is like, but they worked so hard to get that new body for him. I'm like, how dare they?
0: <laughs> that was a while ago. He's had that body for a little bit now.
1: Yeah, but 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 <laughs> they did a special ritual. His poor cousin. <sighs> I'm mad about it. I'm mad about it. It was it was very I mean, I kind of had some undead body. I don't know. It was better than a lot of the Forsaken. It,
0: it was funny. Um when the cousin shows up in the book, like oh. just to like give a little reference to him. And you're like, Oh, that guy. Yeah. That guy.
1: I also yeah. do love how uh, Sylvanas is like, Oh, it's because you're so ugly and everything here is so nice. That's why I like you. I was like, that's a, their banter. God, I'm going to miss their banter. I also, I think we've talked about this at length uh, and then I'll, I'll let you go. But the last thing, and this is not a Sylvanas, but it's directly related. I'm going to miss the. Heck out of um, Nathano's because he was like the one character's like, oh, it's you, and I was like, ah, oh, Nathano's. I actually missed like this hostility, like I missed the open hostility to you as a champion. I feel like we need more characters that are just like, oh, I don't want to deal with you, and you're like, we're gonna be friends because we have to be. I love doing that when characters like I openly despise you. I'm like, no, we're just click them until they're like i am literally going to punt you i'm like good luck but yeah so i'd like you know katie's like 11 out of 10 stars did good i liked it
0: do you think well i should say not do you think how long do you think it will take sylvanas to cleanse the maw
1: oh boy um well especially with the wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff that goes on it could be Two expansions from now it could be six expansions from now it could be like oh wharp, wharp, end of this expansion it's like and she's done and you're like really That so was fast she's like i've been here for seven thousand years and you're like okay all right it'd be interesting if there's some way for her to track the time like in her own way but since she's not really alive it wouldn't matter also, if she yeah,
0: she, it's not like she needs to sleep or anything. Right. I mean, she but like, just, if you
1: were alive, would you age in the Shadowlands?
0: I think you I think that's what we're going to see, I think, with Anduin. Yeah, is that They're going to come back and uh, Sylvanas will look the same and Anduin will not.
1: Well, I mean, you shouldn't. But anyway, yes, probably correct.
0: Uh, Sylvanas, as she's going through the maw, starts, you know, time takes its toll on her and she starts falling apart. But she's able to detect the one scent of life in the area, and it's Anduin. And so, of course, at first she approaches, and she's friendly, and they're talking, and eventually she realizes, I need to I need to claim
1: his body. I don't know how I would feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, then, then the weird ships are going to come out about it, like all the weird fan uh, fictions, and I'm like, you know...
0: What if, what if that was actually Sylvanas in inside Anduin's body oh, in, no, uh, no, 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 no. in in that the uh, l- l- the wolf story or whatever in the set in the future?
1: Oh, that would be that'd be weird. This is that'd like getting into Ragnaros Dance Studio weird.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, this is weirder than Ragnaros Dance Studio. Yeah,
1: it is. This, is. this is like too many cups of coffee weird. Where Ragnaros Dance Studio was like, Haha. too many
0: cups of beer weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This is. <laughs> all
1: right so what do you think
0: oh over, overall i was satisfied mm. um i don't well i mean I, I had my little pet theory of how i wanted it to end but i also knew that's not how it was going to end so mm. um you know once i put that aside i was like okay you know i'm, I'm I, I was willing to let the story come to me instead of like trying to um you know like demand the story match my expectations Right. Um, and so, in that regard, I, w- I was I was satisfied with it. I think the book did a great job of tying everything together. Um, and I think overall, Sylvanas is in a good place right now. That they they did, but didn't redeem her. Mm-hmm. If that makes any kind of sense. And I mean, that's the best you could ask for. And then yeah. they kind of just put her on the shelf to let you know, let her go, sit over there, let and her cool off. Presumably, a bit. presumably, presumably, when we see her again. We'll at least have we can have a discussion about you know does all the you know all the work she did in the mall for however many thousands of years that she did it um does it weigh against uh you know the Teldrassil and and uh, cousin and all the the terrible things she did leading up to that uh you know that's a discussion we can have when she comes back, but um overall i think i overall i, I enjoyed the ending I think I'm glad for how Shadowlands finished I, I you know the the nine point two point five stuff I think you know was an we're nice little capstones on everything mm-hmm. um and yeah at this point um well at this point I'm personally just enjoying the content systems in shadowlands and I'm trying to get all them done and I'm thinking I'm gonna try to do all the stitch flesh stuff over in maldraxxus but I don't know if I'm gonna get that done before the expansion drops or not but I can try um and I'm still trying to get my slime kitty and all that other stuff but um putting all that aside like overall i Narratively, I'm I'm comfortable with where we are. I don't mind the three year time skip, and I'm ready for Dragonflight. Mm-hmm. Agree. And that said, this has been I'm going to say this has been episode number 152. I think uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 break this in two parts.
1: Yeah, it's been kind of long.
0: Yeah, but uh, thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you for downloading and listening and staying with us. Yes, for two parts. Through all two hours of us talking about Sylvanas and then not talking about Sylvanas. We are at Torin Goblin on Twitter, also at the Mash Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Katie, where can people find you?
1: As always, you can find me at hyrulemaster 77 on Twitter.
0: And I am at Wookie BH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also over on Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast. Talking about Mass Effect 3. Uh, hopefully we're getting close to the end of that there. <laughs> uh, join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or questions. Let us know what you thought of Shadowlands, of Sylvanas, of the Faction War, of everything else that we talked about. Taronda, Jaina, Bane, Thrall, Sylvanas, uh, you know, taking Anduin's body and using that through some sort of manipulation. Email us your thoughts on all those things at goblin at mash.gg and if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can on your favorite podcast platform of choice and visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash those buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where you can support this show by joining the Torn and the Goblin membership at $1.25 per episode or you can provide general support for $2 per month and you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link where you can get codes for Steam, Epic Game Store, Uplay and more or check out our PayPal one-time donation link all over at mtb.gg slash support. And stay tuned to hear about other shows on the Mash Those Buttons Network. The opinions expressed on this show are the express opinions of the host and are not representative of Blizzard Entertainment. All place names and character names from World of Warcraft are used as the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark, a registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. in the US and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended. For Katie, I'm Nick. Ancestors watch over you.
1: Time is Sylvanas in the Maw, friends.
0: Yes, it is.